This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. So, as always, lots to talk about, but your calls are primary if you make them. We'll start things out with uh, something that's related to this time of year. It's not quite Christmas or any actual holiday yet, but it is about the time when office parties start to occur. Right? Usually early December, that's yeah. when you're going to see an office party. Probably already, You may have already been to yours. As a matter of fact, Julia and I went to, uh, to her office party recently. I think it was my first office party I've ever actually been to, and it was so fun. You know, just people hanging out, drinking and all of that. There wasn't any, uh, wasn't really anything worth talking about. No no real juicy stories. I mean, I didn't even know any of the people in the first place, so I wouldn't even know who they are to talk about them. A lot of gossiping. I presume. I'm well, not I, sure. You know, I, I, I was at the same office party as you've been, uh, as you were. And no, I've never been to the the old uh, Clear Channel ones. You Back never in the radio them? days? No. I was always working, man. Oh, the figures. So 10 years into my radio career, I can now finally go to an office party. Hmm. Anyway, the reason I bring it up is because inevitably uh, there are stories out there. People go to these office parties and they're around the people, uh, the same people they're normally around during the daytime. It's just that people are getting alcohol into their system and that can result in some interesting occurrences. Yeah, the the best thing, you know, my advice to people on office parties is just remember it's, you know, the, the operative word here is office, not party. <laughs> and, uh, you know, conduct yourself accordingly. Go light on the drinks. Uh, try to stay out of the, the the gossiping, all that stuff. You know these these office parties can be used against you in the future. Sure can. Now, Nick, you're uh, relatively youngest. I think the maybe the youngest member of the show. Have you actually had the uh, opportunity to attend one of these? Um, our company. I've, I've been to two office parties actually so far. Um, we don't really do so much of a party. It has a lot more to do with the office. It's a daytime function. Mm-hmm. Um, the two times I've been, yeah, there was alcohol being served and some people were drinking it, but um, it's the middle of the day usually, and we actually so no have, one got out of control. No, and we actually have speakers sometimes for the first part of it who address some things going on in the company so it's not it's not quite as much a party atmosphere as some companies have so i'm going to throw the question out there if you've been to uh, your office party this year or you've got a story the memorable experience that you want to share with us uh, from an office party in the past would love to hear from you at 1-800-259-9231 that's the SACL cai toll free line 800-259-9231 while we await those calls uh, we will tell you from freep.com Beware of holiday office party blunders. Some tips and tricks uh, for those of you who are perhaps new to the office party going scene or just, uh, you know, just want to, I don't know, tweak your attending abilities. Uh, This again from the Free Press. Think your husband or wife might be making whoopee at the annual holiday office party? You can hire a private eye from a Mount Clemens-based firm to go to the party undercover and make sure your spouse isn't getting into more than the uh, the holiday cheer. And we've heard interesting stories over the years because we've done this uh, this topic to relatively differing results uh, from our listeners. It's, some years it's really good, some years not so great. Uh, but some stories, you know, beyond the usual really drunk coworker ended up, uh, you know, somewhere I didn't expect to be in the morning. That kind of story. There's also the stories where people end up sleeping with the boss's wife and Ooh. that sort of thing. So it can get really bad. 
Advanced Surveillance Group, a private investigation firm with offices in several states, says holiday work parties are rife with opportunities for sexual trysts. Is it trysts or trysts? Trist is the term. Trist. ASG cites several surveys, including a 2005 poll by Men's Health Magazine, in which 44% of the men interviewed said they hooked up with a co-worker at a holiday office party, which seems to me to be, I don't know, not something you want to do. Am I wrong about that? Having relations with coworkers, I mean, certainly from a managerial to regular worker level, you don't want to be doing that. But even on the regular level, is that doesn't that just do some weird things for going to work the next day? I I don't know. Um, I I've dated people that I've worked with and yeah. it, never regretted it. Not really. No, Nick. Uh I I never have dated anyone I worked with. My my thoughts on it would be. Um, you might maybe go somewhere after the party. I don't know if you want to make it too obvious, especially if you've been drinking um, right. at the actual party. That's kind of where it gets awkward when you're hitting on people who otherwise you wouldn't or shouldn't. Paul Dank said, uh, this is one of the partners in the firm, says, we hear a lot about these relationships launching at holiday parties. A couple of coworkers spend a lot of time together at the office, and then they go to a party, let their guard down, and drink too much. It's a festive time, and people's inhibitions are lower. About 90% of U.S. companies say they help, they'll have parties this season, from expensive bashes to casual potlucks. The parties reward hard work, raise morale, and give bosses and mail clerks a chance to raise a glass together. But the parties also create concerns for employers. In a 2006 poll by career information website Vault.com, 38% of respondents said their coworkers typically fool around at the office party. That's bad news for companies because sexual... Trysts among coworkers can cause nasty gossip, break up marriages, divide staffs, and make it tough for the couple to work together. Worse, when the sexual advances are coerced and unwelcome, or perceived to be, the party can become a breeding ground for sexual harassment claims. So the National Federation of Independent Business, an advocacy group for small and independently owned businesses. Pat Nemeth, the part, one of the partners at a Detroit-based law firm, employment law firm, says we handle a lot of sexual harassment lawsuits. It's still considered a working environment, even though you're at the holiday party, and anything you, can, uh, you say can and will be used against you. So keep that in mind. If uh, one of your coworkers is looking hot in his or her office party uniform, then maybe you want to keep your comments to yourself or at least be very careful. Make sure that you know that person is uh, you know, okay with that sort of comment if you're going to risk making it. Because these days in uh, today's litigious society, you never know what's going to come from that. Claims arise from comments made when someone from work gives you a ride home or from those overheard at the bar, say Nemeth. Even if you don't expect a private eye to follow you to your ho- uh, holiday party, watch your conduct. Despite the lights, the food, the open bar, and the Santa sightings, holiday parties are about work. They can be volatile because they combine people who can make or break your career with workers who may be deeply into the holiday spirits. The wrong move, attire, or comment can embarrass you, affect your job future, or expose you to harassment complaints, criminal charges, or even divorce court. So before you don your red velvet dress or tuxedo, here's some tips on conduct and etiquette for office galas big and small. And if you've got some additional tips beyond what they mention here, 800-259-9231 are better yet. A great holiday party story. That's what I want to hear for sure. When the party rolls around, do not pass up the invitation unless you've got a darn good excuse. uh, Collegiality is valued by companies, and you don't want to be found lacking. And don't rudely drop in for ten minutes and then split. Stay a while and socialize, but don't be the last to leave either. It makes you look needy. So if you're trying to, at least if you're trying to move up, 
in your organization, you certainly want to attend a, a, you know, a holiday party. If you don't really care about your job, then, well, whatever. But if you are concerned uh, with their, your career track, it's an important place to be. Simply because you can schmooze with the bigwigs, right? Yeah. Um, in the same way that you could hook up with a coworker, you could make the boss happy and uh, you know, in conversation or something like that, and that goes a long way. They also say what you don't want to do. This is a whole list of things not to do here. Uh, you don't want to wear flashy or revealing attire. No John Travolta disco suits. No breast-bearing necklines. Ask what the proper attire is. Be safe and go for conservative party clothes. So when in doubt, say no. Uh, bring a gag gift. No lampshades, woofy cushions, dribble cups, or any similar items for the boss. She'll laugh, but she won't really appreciate it. So now, don't bring a gag gift. Now, when we were at the uh, the party we went to, there were no one was told to bring a gift. I was There's not a, aware that was something. A lot that of times do. there'll be these uh, Yankee exchanges and Dutch ex- exchanges, those kind of things, where you bring you know the gifts are passed around. Right. So that would be something they would announce in advance, and mm-hmm. therefore don't bring something cheesy. I guess is what they're saying. Uh, make inappropriate toasts. Don't do that, is what they're saying. Remember the Seinfeld episode in which Elaine does that weird thumb-jerking dance? I've never seen it. But uh, they say don't do that either. Talk. Uh, also, more things not to do. Talk work, gossip, monopolize the conversation, gripe about the boss, or blow off steam. Now, that's a, that's got to be tough. How could you go to an office party and not talk work? I mean, isn't that pretty much what you have in common with most of those people? I, yeah, I, I can hardly imagine not talking some amount of work. Yeah, that, that one doesn't make sense to me. If you can make sense out of that, 800-259-9231. And if you've got an office holiday party story you want to share, we'd love to hear from you or bring up whatever's on your mind. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us, including the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens and dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com to see what that's all about. Shrine.freetalklive.com and movies, lingerie, and marital aids. AdamEve.com has a special offer for you. Go to AdamEve.com slash talk and get 50% off of one item. Plus, with your order of $17 or more, they'll throw in a free gift. That's 50% off at AdamEve.com slash talk. We are discussing uh, the office holiday party situation. Some people... They might need a few tips, a few pointers. Um, maybe it's your first year going to a holiday party. Maybe you've been and you had an awful experience. You botched it up. You had too much to drink, and you need a list of do's and don'ts. Well, that's what we're in the middle of right now from the free press at freep.com, uh, talking about some of the things not to do. Pass up the Just a quick recap. Uh, you don't want to pass up the invitation, at least if you care about your career. Uh, you don't want to wear anything flashy or revealing. Don't bring gag gifts. Uh, don't make inappropriate toasts. Now, this one's confusing to me. This one says don't talk work. And that's bizarre because it seems to me that if you're going to an office holiday party, that's what you have in common with people. Inevitably, work's going to come up. I suppose you don't want to bore the crap out of them with work. but That's true, which, which brings me to... Who the... would be more interested in your work than the people that work with you? Right. Uh, they, they say don't gossip. Uh, that's probably generally a good idea, but it's an office party, so I'm sure that's going to go on quite a bit. Uh, but don't be involved in it. There you go. Monopolize the conversation. And that's just good in general. Um, you, you know, gossiping is saying things uh, about people that you wouldn't say to their face, and it's best not to do so. 
it's always amazed me in in some cases how much office gossip actually goes on. It it almost seems like a hobby for some people. Yeah, some people really enjoy it. Uh, th- now this one's a really good tip. Don't monopolize the conversation. Now that's a good tip just across the board for mm. uh, conversing with someone important, especially if you're talking about. I mean, not just your average coworker that's on the same level with you, but uh, a boss or a bigwig or something like that that you're looking to uh, make a good impression on. Right. The last thing you want to do is yabber, yabber, yabber in front of them and tell them all about you and all about yourself without giving them an opportunity to tell you something about right. themselves. The more somebody else talks, the smarter you look. That's like is that old say it sales adage? I, I you know I I think that's where I've learned it in sales. Yeah, um, and you're constantly selling yourself. So yes. So what you want to do? I was is wondering you... was um, when is the free talk live office party? It's right here, right now, man. Oh, I see. every night on the air. I see. Uh, so yeah, December twenty fifth when we work. You're not working. You're on vacation though. Ah, right? that's 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 right. I'll but be Julia off. will be here with me on uh, Christmas Day. You guys can party down then without me. So. Um, in, in regards to monopolizing the conversation, a great way to ensure you aren't monopolizing the conversation, I mean, it's kind of hard sometimes to really keep tabs on what you're saying if you're in, in the middle of a conversation, is to just try to make a point of asking questions and, you know, asking open-ended questions of the uh, the person that you're speaking with. Give them the opportunity to speak extemporaneously and, and just sort of go off on tangents and that sort of thing. Uh, and again, that way, uh, they, they also say in sales that he who talks the most loses. Uh, it's it's I, I've I've heard uh, stuff like that, but I think the saying that you're looking for is uh, when you've asked for the sale, um, that's when the other person has to have a chance to think to say yes, mm-hmm. and then he who talks first loses. Oh yeah, that's a good is one. what I've um you know how I've heard that used. Uh, you know the the asking questions and letting the other person talk has always worked for me, um, except for you know one time I was asking this uh, girl out who. I guess, you know, in retrospect, didn't want to go out with me. Mm. And uh, she's like, you sure ask a lot of questions. What are you interviewing yeah. me? Yeah, that that's but how it can turn around on you. At the very least, I understood that um, what was going on. Oh, this girl doesn't want anything to right. do with me. Hmm, fine. And, you know, moved on. But, good point. They also say, don't gripe about the boss or blow off steam. Be gracious, show an interest in others, and thank them for their hard work and friendship. One other thing, which this should go without saying, don't drink to excess. In a recent national survey by Vault.com, participants told about a man who threw up all over himself at the boss's house, then grabbed the boss's wife by the buttocks. Imagine explaining that the next day. Mm, That's not going to go well. You you know, uh, drinking uh, drinking too much at an office party is almost always going to uh, end up bad for you. And it's it's dangerous because often they have free booze at these things. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's almost encouraged. What are you supposed to do? Yeah. I mean, free booze is almost a guarantee that somebody's going to get lit. And <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's a, a Darwinian attrition kind of thing that they're looking for this to happen. But open bars are bad, bad news. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, most most of the stupid things you hear people doing at an office party, ninety percent of them can probably be attributed to booze. Absolutely. The really stupid things that people do. The only other one I, I, I recall not having anything to do with booze was uh, somebody who had gone out um, into another room and came back with white streaks all over his uh, his clothes, snorting some coke in the other room. Ah, Yeah, you want to be careful about that. Uh, the other thing not to do at an office party is flirt. At the least, it can feed office gossip, says the article. At the worst, it could lead to something you'll regret. In a 2005 news release, ASG told of a gross point woman who hired the firm to watch her husband at the office party. Hubby flirted with a company saleswoman. When the party ended, the two slipped into a restroom and had sex. 
The private eye heard it all, then videotaped them coming out of a stall, dressing and laughing. But here's some dudes. Oh, my. Here's some suggestions. Here's That's what you good. I'm do. glad they don't leave us uh, disarmed with dues. Uh, mingle. Share your good cheer with as many coworkers as possible. Keep your hands to yourself, except for a handshake or a brief hug for friends. With federal laws and multi-million dollar settlements, companies are tough on sexual harassment complaints. The laws apply at office parties, too. In a new national survey by Vault.com, 25% of human resources directors said they disciplined an employee for inappropriate holiday party behavior. The best way to handle this is to be proactive. Uh, we have a big blowout in the summer, and we're very clear up front that it's important to have a great time, but you don't want to be the person that's talked about the next day. She said she doesn't recall an incident in which an employee was disciplined, but said that it's not the worst consequence of behaving badly. She said uh, the suffering from a peer group perspective, the damage, uh, the damage to your reputation is much more severe and painful than the official ruling that could happen from a department standpoint. So just having the office talking about you and, you know... Just having that negativity going around could be really bad. Finally, other things to do. A network with people who can influence your career. Introduce yourself to superiors you might not know or don't see every day. But don't be smarmy. Say thank you. Thank your hosts and coworkers who planned the party, and then send a thank you note later. Now, that's an extra thought. I hadn't have thought of that one. Thank you notes. Uh, I, I don't know that uh, in, for an office party that a thank you note is necessarily uh, the right thing to do. But I can tell you this. No one else is going to do it. Right. Therefore, your thank you note is going to stick out. Um, Sometimes it's the right thing to do. I definitely, on sales calls, I encourage salespeople, send thank you notes. It's a pain in the butt. Well, that's something, I mean, Nick's a realtor. That's something that realtors get. Right, they're always realtors are always sending along little notes and yeah. You should send thank you notes or calendars or postcards. The, ho- the holidays are a good time to follow up with little, just something to let people know you're thinking about them. It's right. not so much what you get them or that they're expecting, you know, something all that valuable. It's just showing that you personally took the time and you yeah. thought about them. Right, you appreciate the value. Right, you know, I don't, I think with realtors that you're just trying to keep up with the Joneses um, as far as the other realtors are going to send the thank you notes, so you have to send the thank you notes. Basically, but that's the reason. Yeah, yeah, that is the reason. The reason is to keep yourself front and center and to, you know, uh, have your name on the front burner, that sort of thing. When someone's thinking of real estate or thinking of buying radio ads, they want to think of, Nick or Mark? Well, Either Nick's way. got it down as far as realty goes. Is uh, he actually works? Most of them uh, don't. <laughs> this is this is true. I actually go to the office. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Got an office holiday party story? We want you to share it with us. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just three dollars a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a bulletin board system with over 300,000 posts, serious issues, and fun stuff. You'll find it all at bbs.freetalklive.com. And it's all for free. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. The new Zero Blaster shoots smoke rings 12 feet with a blue LED light to light them up. You can get the Zero Blaster, a Mega Blaster, or a Mini Blaster. Go to um, Get your Zero Blaster at ZeroToys.com. That's ZeroToys.com. So uh, still nobody calling in to give us an embarrassing holiday party story. You can change the names to protect the innocent if you're worried that you know someone might find out that it's actually you're, you're telling a story about yourself. Just change some names around. You don't have to be completely honest with us. We just want good holiday stories, uh, office party stories, if you have them. 
800-259-9231. Otherwise, we'll share with you uh, some stories here from Freep.com, writing an article about office, uh, holiday, ho- holiday office party blunders, which includes uh, drinking too much, uh, t- gossiping, monopolizing the conversation, making inappropriate toasts, wearing flashy or revealing clothing, passing on the invitation, and flirting. They do say that some things you definitely want to do are mingle, network with people that can influence your career, and say thank you, and finally have fun. They say employers spend a lot of money on these gatherings, and in these tight economic times, it might be the only gift that you get from them. So here's a couple of interesting statistics, and then we'll give you a few stories from some office parties around the country, around the world. Uh, Employers say that 90% plan to hold holiday parties this year. 38% are boosting their budget, while 12% cut their budget. Only 46% plan to provide alcohol. So maybe uh, the open bar mark not as popular as it used to be. That's apparently down from 60% last year. So uh, that's a pretty significant drop. I I guess um, too pricey. I, I've well, I've uh, I've worked in radio most of my adult life, and um, you know, but that radio industry is no one's going to show up if you don't bring alcohol they to like a radio. Pa- they, party. they like to party, and so um, my experience is open bars. So that that's just what I would expect to see, but it wouldn't it wouldn't make me feel bad if it wasn't there. Well, Vault.com also surveyed 400 human resource professionals and workers. 56.9% of workers say they've gotten drunk at holiday work parties. 68% have embarrassed themselves or seen others do so at a holiday work party. See, now, um, I, I don't even... People have different uh, definitions as to what drunk is. Mm-hmm. You know, some some people have to not remember it for, for it to be to a be drunk. drunk. They have to, uh, you know, take their shirt off and run around, uh, you know, screaming at people or something like that in order for them to be drunk. Other people... You know, as far as they're concerned, drunk is uh, blowing a uh, point one on right. the uh, old breathalyzer, and and that's drunk as far as they're concerned. So, you know, I don't know what what I think <laughs> about that. You know, whatever percentage got drunk. Here's an interesting one: thirty-seven percent of workers say nothing is more important at an office party than an open bar. Thirty-eight percent said some coworkers routinely fool around at office parties. That means that there's certain coworkers that they're known for doing that sort mm. of thing. Uh, and finally, 25% of human resource managers say they've disciplined a worker for inappropriate party behavior. Here are quick, uh, quick few stories. Uh, one time, a, this again from Vault.com survey of office party workers. A worker got so drunk at one, uh, one party, he fell over and had to be led out. He yelled profanities the whole way. <laughs> a firm vice president offered two young analysts $10,000 each to strip for him. They did. I'll bet they did. A receptionist. Did, in, he get, did they get the money? <laughs> That's what I want to know. A receptionist and vice president were found getting it on in the broom closet. Receptionist and a vice president? Mm-hmm. Oh, my. A saleswoman drunk and taking Percocet lifted her dress and flashed the staff. She wasn't wearing underwear. Uh, the, yeah, Percocets and uh, getting... <laughs> that's, a, that's a bad, bad combo. A company director's wife got smashed throwing back shots with a big group of male engineers. A male director brought a young date whom others recognized as a hooker. That kind of makes me wonder how many hookers there are in this town if people at the office party are recognizing her. Or what they're doing. (laughs) A female company director got so drunk she was swearing like a sailor and hitting on guys. I hit on my boss's wife at the last holiday party. Not cool, one respondent said. Another one said, I've witnessed bosses kissing assistants, people vomiting, and clothes removed. And finally, a third respondent said, you mean having sex with a subordinate in front of everyone? The answer would be yes. Oh, my. 
Wow. I think that's about as extreme as it can get. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> that sounds worse than most frat parties. I, mean, really? like, I don't, I don't know what company that? people are working for, but it sounds like if you, as long as you don't get naked or get slurring your speech drunk, you'll be You're better right. than the rest. Open yeah. bars, are the, they are the devil when it comes to, uh, the, to, to office parties because you don't... You don't. Uh, the market influences are not in place. Right. You and don't that's have the a... problem. <laughs> well, the market influences when something is free only for a short period of time. It's actually a market influence to consume as much alcohol as you can. Right. Well, right. What he's saying free. is there's no incentive yeah. to not to not the drink. The, the right. normal market influences, which are you know, I'm gonna I, run out of money. Right. These drinks are too expensive. I'm gonna spend uh, two hundred dollars on alcohol or something like that. Ugh. That you would know, sound difficult. You kind of have to wonder if it's the employer's fault in all this for offering free booze. Yeah, can the employer really get upset at his employees for taking in a little too much liquor? Or should the employer uh, rightfully say, hey, you need to be responsible. Just because I'm offering you free booze doesn't mean you get to. You should go crazy with it. I mean, when, when Julia and I went, we had a very set amount of drinks. I was driving, so obviously we couldn't drink very, very much. And she, not that I would have anyway, we don't drink a lot at all. Uh, but, you know, she only had you know, a handful of drinks, and so that was it. You just stop at a certain point, and then you know you won't go crazy. Well, don't get drunker than your boss would probably be a good yardstick. If That's your boss point. is really, or your manager is is very intoxicated, then you can probably, as long as you keep it under where they are, you're probably okay. Yeah, you definitely need to be in control. Uh, yeah. Even... <laughs> Yeah, just just the general rule is not even don't even look at your boss because he may be a lush. I've worked for uh, more than one drunk. Oh yeah, um, not uh, they, they still remember things and they remember it through their uh, fish eye of of of, of you know drunkenness. <laughs> so not usually but, accurate. Two or three drinks, depending on how long the party goes. Maybe right. you could go for a fourth, but mm. now we uh we at one time we worked for this guy that. I guess he thought every day was an office party in the office. Yeah. <laughs> One of the managers of the radio stations we used to uh, work for. Anyway, if you uh, want to share your story, 800-259-9231. Otherwise, we'll move on, and and you can do this anytime throughout the show, by the way. Uh, we'll talk to, or not talk to, but we'll go to the email box. An email from Dennis, actually continuing it from, I think, last night. He had uh, three questions for us. The second question is about private roads. He says, in your world with private roads, who would control the street signals? Would there be a private company to take up what the government does now? Well, could be. Uh, it's really hard to say. In, in the world where this the government is, yeah, doesn't... Your, your, ro- yeah. private, your little world. Yeah, in, in a world where the government doesn't run the roads, and there could be a variety of situations. It could be a private company. It could be a, a neighborhood association. It could be an individual. Uh, whoever would want to operate the roads would be who would be in charge of the roads. And then we'd have market competition in the area of road signage and, you know... Uh, lights and that sort of thing, and we'd have some innovations. The next question is, um, what happens, like, for instance, uh, private roads exist in mall parking lots. Many people, most people, stop at the stop signs of mall parking lots. Uh, They they, they look just like regular stop signs, so they stop. But what happens if uh, somebody doesn't obey the rules on your private road? There are no police officers in your uh, world of private roads and no government. What, What kind of punishments are there? Well, I don't know. I guess that would depend on what kind of rules you're talking about, Mark. Can you give me an example? Somebody says, you know, I don't feel like stopping for this stoplight. I'm going to go through it. Are they putting other people in danger? I, it would uh, it would depend. Because I've done that before with government roads. I've definitely gone through uh, stoplights that I felt like uh, just didn't belong there. Well, there would be a property owner involved in Ian's world with the roads, so you could set whatever rules you wanted. They could even be stricter than the rules we have now. 
it's not likely that, um, I mean, you're not going to be able to ticket people and charge them extra for running through a stop sign, or they're just not going to want to ride on your road anymore in the future. So the, the incentives will be different for a private road company versus the government police. So instead, so the stoplight comes up, and then those uh, the, the, those spikes for uh, toll, uh, <laughs> for, the, for, for the parking lot, those parking lot spikes come up. There you go, Mark. Innovation. <laughs> now you're thinking. And I guess that's if you really were hardcore about not having people run the stoplights. Well, I think you could actually have a stricter set of rules because if you, you people won't follow the rules, you can just kick them off and you could add 30 minutes to their commute. So. Yeah, you absolutely could if you wanted to. 800-259-9231. Flying cars, the answer. Uh, it truly is. More on the way. Dennis's email, your calls about whatever's on your mind. And as always, uh, office party stories, hell stories, fun stuff. If you got them, share them with us. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The feature's there for free. And if you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, go shopping with us at store.freetalklive.com. If you head on over to the store, you'll find all kinds of different items, including hats and T-shirts and hoodies. We've got DVD Classic Archive collector sets and uh, a couple of items with a unique logo that doesn't have anything to do with Free Talk Live. Our store store manager and graphic designer, Johnson, designed this. It's an original design. Uh, It's his creation, and we've put it on a flag. It's called the Free Free Marketeer logo. And it's it's pretty cool. Um, and the flags have been selling like crazy. They're backordered. I really didn't expect that. Apparently, a lot of our Swedish listeners really like this flag. <laughs> uh, and so the Freak Marketeer logo is also available on a T-shirt as well. It's amazing to me how many Swedish listeners we have. Well, in fact... They uh, really want freedom over there in Sweden. <laughs> there's actually one on the line. We're going to go to the, the Swedish listeners here in a moment. But uh, once again, go to store.freetalklive.com. And uh, place your orders there, and you'll find out how to get a free bumper sticker while you're at it. Sound Money is under attack. The Liberty Dollar offices were raided by the FBI and Secret Service on November 14, 2007. All of its precious metals, computers, and records were seized. Your help is urgently needed. Go to libertydollar.org and sign up for their updates. And register for the class action lawsuit. Don't let the government steal your money and destroy the Liberty Dollar. Go to libertydollar.org as we go to Sweden, and we talk to Frederick. Frederick, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Nick, and Mark. Hi. Hey, what's on your mind? Hi. Hi. Uh, I'm. I just want to say uh, you're a real uh, inspiration for libertarians living in uh, socialist kingdom, kingdom of uh, Sweden. <laughs> okay, well, that's good to hear. What's uh, What's up tonight, <laughs> Frederick? Um, I'm curious as to um, uh, home radio studios. Uh, do you have any recommendations or, uh, well? If I were to build a, a home radio studio for podcasting only on uh, mm-hmm. on the web, uh, how much do you think it would cost? And uh, do you have any websites that that you can recommend? Well, you're or, in Sweden, so I don't know what the best place to get broadcast equipment there is. In the United States, uh, Broadcast Supply World USA, bswusa.com, they've got some podcast kits where you get pretty much everything that you need all in one fail swoop. Uh, you get the mixer, you get maybe a couple microphones and... You know, uh, just the, the basics. I don't know. There might be some different level packages that they have. Uh, you know, you can really go cheapy. Uh, you know, you, you can get a mixer for... Actually, Nick, you've been putting together a podcast studio here recently. What have you guys at uh, Free Minds TV at freemindstv.com, what have you guys been uh, been putting together? We haven't completely finalized the decision, but I know we were looking at um, between some quality mics, headphones, and the soundboard. Um, it was going to run us about 350 
that's, three hundred fifty dollars. I mean, that's chump change for well. you know for for all that, and that's with decent equipment that we were able to find. So you know, we we're probably buying that sometime this week. But that those are the basics that you need to ru- to run. A podcast. You can go more basic if you if you right. wanted to. I mean, obviously, sound quality. The better the sound quality, the more people are going to be willing to listen. A lot That's of people true. have a difficult yeah. time listening to exactly. crappy sound quality, but you could do it with just one of those little microphones that they sell for computers. Well, Ian, you were telling me even the soundboard for Free Talk Live, it's it wasn't that expensive, was it? The one we're running here is like two hundred fifty dollar board. Right. Uh, so so it's nothing, and the mics were big, on though. The mics we're on are uh, less than $100. Uh, they're, actually, they're $100 brand new, and they come with a shock mount, and C- they come with C-O-1. a carrying case. That's Behringer B1. It's their. It's one of their more affordable microphones, and you know we do them. Every, we do it every night here on the show. From time to time, they'll sort of start sputtering out on us, but yeah. they're so cheap that you just get another one three years later and and replace it. Uh, as opposed to you know spending five hundred dollars a microphone, you don't have to go crazy on this equipment. Uh, audio equipment can sound really good at at low price level. I'll tell you, and uh, the, um, if you can if you can do it, uh, Frederick, get the uh, get the boom um, that attaches to the mic. That it's just a lot easier than having a gooseneck or something like that, and uh, yeah. that way you're not bumping into it and stuff. Sure. So, so basically, it's it's uh, a soundboard or some kind of mixer and. Uh, uh, booms for uh, the microphones and of course yeah the, the soundboard microphone. the soundboard is the mixer then you've got your your mics however many you're going to need probably at least two maybe three uh, also one of the other important features if you really want to have a professional sound is you want to have a, um, a a voice processor. Uh, what basically that does is it gives you that radio sound. It essentially, you know, you got an equalizer on there. You can turn up the bass a little bit, turn back the, you know, the mid range or whatever it is you want to do with your sound. Okay. And also, it has uh, a neat little feature that it's called a downward expander. And what that does is it, uh, when when you're not talking, normally you could hear in this room that we're in right now. There's computers with fans and stuff going constantly. But if we don't talk, you can't hear any of that stuff. Whereas if you have just a regular open microphone, all of that noise in the room, if you've got an air oh, conditioner yeah, in the, the corner, right, the, there's an air conditioner over here, that's going to come through those microphones. So you want to get something with a downward expander on it, and that'll just block out anything that uh, doesn't rise, rise above a certain level of sound. Right. I that, hope that explains that it. That voice compression um, that gives that, you know, that radio sound is, is good, because I can tell you when I talk to people on the telephone, they say, wow, you don't sound anything like you do on the radio. What they really mean is, my God, you sound a lot better on the radio. Yeah. And uh, it's it's just because I you know there's there's professional equipment backing me up. Right. And now that you can spend a lot of money on those voice processors. Ours in the studio here, um, you can get maybe for three hundred and fifty dollars used, brand new. They're about five hundred. So that's where the real priciness comes in. But if you want to, you can also run your entire mixer in through one of those. You don't have to have one for every mic like we do here at Free Talk Live. You can just get one of those units and run your entire audio chain through it. So I hope we haven't completely and alienated our <laughs> listeners. But there's a little podcasting primer there for you. If and you radio. Want, right, radio primer. If you guys want to go out and start your own show. And, Frederick, do we answer your questions? Um, yeah, actually, I have one more question about uh, the use of uh, swear words words in, uh, in uh, American radio. Uh, is there... Uh, uh, I mean, uh, could you use the F word uh, any time on the air, or is it... No, totally uh, no, you you definitely use. can't. Yeah, you can't use basically the words that George Carlin talked about. You can't uh, you can't use them, and you can't talk about sex in a solicitous manner. Um, so, so we can't even discuss, have a discussion around the F word or 
I, I, you can yeah. dance around it, sure, but you just can't use the word. That's all. There's there's no okay. context that you can get away with using that word. It will always be seen as pandering. It will always be seen as you know uh, pandering to the lowest common denominator, essentially. Yeah. And, the, and the FCC doesn't take kindly to that. So, uh, but you're going to do podcasting, so it's not relevant for you. You can do whatever you want. No, no, no I'm just curious. Yeah. As to how it's in you, you there you go. Uh, thank Th- you. Thanks for the call, and good luck with your show. 800-259-9231. So it's a couple of tips there for anybody that's been thinking about uh, doing their own podcast. It is really easy and really affordable to uh, to get started at this. Well, it's affordable and easy to get started. The thing about podcasting is you kind of have to find a way to promote yourself online to make sure there are people listening. Because you can put money into it and you can put time into it. But you ultimately, your goal, even I mean, even if you get a couple hundred people regularly listening to a podcast, that's not terrible compared to a lot of podcasts sure. out there. Um, but you have, you know, if you know websites, I don't know if there are ones in Sweden that that deal with, um, you know, email lists, right, message anything boards, political, Google AdWords, you know, any 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 part of the political spectrum, so to speak. I assume he's doing a political show. It could be anything. I mean, right. there's scuba shows out there, right? So all kinds. There's of everything you could ever possibly imagine. I've heard, see, I've seen such esoteric stuff on uh, Dig.com. They have a, a list of thousands of podcasts there. And and there's really there's no better way to get your feet wet. For the world of audio entertainment than podcasting. It's it's within your reach. It's within the reach of anybody's budget for the most part. And uh, you don't have to have a radio station owner's permission to come in and, and use his equipment, basically. And it can be the foot in the door to a career. Sure it can. Especially if you really keep it up and you get more and more comfortable behind the microphone. And, you know, then... There might be an opportunity that comes up with a local radio station losing their morning guy or afternoon guy or something like that. And, you know, I mean, it never hurts to send in a demo and let the local program director know that you're out there. And podcasting itself is beginning to get advertising. Where I, I, I have people calling me now. Um, AdamEve.com called me, mm. wanted to be on our podcast um, because we're one of the top podcasts in, in the world. Right. but. Still, though, the the advertisers are figuring out that podcasting is pretty effective, especially if you're doing something niche. I mean, if you're doing a scuba show or, you know, show about wine or whatever, there's all kinds. Well, lots of these shows are already out there, but that doesn't mean you can't n- nudge in and get some market share. There's wine. There's There's uh, got to be a podcast about uh, drinking wine while scuba diving. <laughs> My point is, though, if you're doing a niche show, then you can really target some advertisements to, uh, to those markets as mm-hmm. opposed to being on a radio station where it's just sort of... You're well, hitting everybody that's with a It's you know, absolutely radio true. The hunting shows, you don't see a, a broadcast advertising, a television advertising for guns very often. But on the hunting shows, you do. Mm-hmm. You don't see broadcast advertising for fishing, uh, you know, rods or uh, line or uh, tackle sure. or anything like that. But you do on the fishing shows. And the, you know, if you have a niche market, then the, 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 the manufacturers that service that niche market will want to advertise to those people. So and they're Nick, worth more per, uh, per person. Nick, by the way, is a host of Free Minds TV, and you guys are looking at launching a special audio-only podcast version of your show, right? Your TV that, that's correct. Um, probably be launching that in the next few weeks, and we do actually release the the audio from the TV show as a podcast so as well. So it'll be an addition to that. Right. About a, We're thinking half an hour a week, might be an hour a week. And you'll let us know when that happens. Hour two's coming up. You take control. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. (laughs) 
This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number two of the program. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Uh, we go right into the phone calls here. It is a show about your calls. Let's talk to Dave in Athens, listening on WAIS. Hey, Dave. Hey guys, uh, you're right. Uh, I found out in Breton that their healthcare system, if you get hurt and go to the hospital, they pay you to for a cab ride home only. Now wait, where is this? Britain? Yeah. So um, a cab ride home only? What do you mean? Yeah. It, it, yeah that doesn't make sense. They pay for your medical care. Right. They also the government pays for your medical care, but. Mm-hmm. The hospital pays you for a cab ride home. Why would the hospital do that? Get you In home. case they, the person didn't have a ride or something. I see. Well, I, I think that uh, people's problem with uh, uh, the English uh, healthcare system probably isn't the catastrophic thing that happens. Mm-hmm. Like you need to go to the you need to, an ambulance and go to the hospital, that kind of thing. It's the long term stuff like heart attacks, um, you know, those kind of things. It takes them a long time. It takes it can take you a long time to get treated for chronic sort of things. Yeah. There you go. Was that all you had to share tonight, Dave? Yeah. Thanks for the call, dude. 800-259-9231. Yeah, just uh, socialized health care, bad news. We we don't want that in this country, please. Uh, Don't want the government handling health care. I mean, this is the same government that can't deliver the mail on time. You think that they can uh, take care of your health? You're crazy. Right. And essentially what you've got there is the government deciding who lives and who dies. Yeah, that's not that's not good. I mean, we saw how that worked in Katrina. They they literally were doing that down there. The FEMA um, people brought in doctors from around the country, but they were since they were working for FEMA, they had to follow FEMA's rules about who to help and who not to help. And there were some people that they just weren't allowed to help by by FEMA's rules. Well, it was there, very bureaucratic. There is triage in medicine too, though. So for Katrina, some of that could have been just normal triage, where you help the people you can help, and you let the people who are walking. Dead men. That, I think you would agree that I'd rather deal with that in the free marketplace than have the government deciding who um, who to triage. Oh, that's fine. Not. I'm just saying private hospitals will do triage just the same. It's, mm, it's sure. just a matter of providing care. Uh, the, the point, though, with the Katrina issue was that there were there were doctors that in many cases were forced to stand around as patients were brought in that needed assistance because they hadn't jumped through the bureaucratic hoops that were necessary in order to actually work on those patients. And so the doctors were very, very frustrated that they couldn't actually get to work helping people, which is what they came there to do. Instead, the bureaucrats wanted them to you know, fill out some paperwork first. And that was what the real problem was. So again, uh, please, putting the government in charge of things, not going to res- uh, result in what you're expecting. And hopefully we won't have to learn that the hard way here in America. I mean, we've already seen it with over half of the health care dollars being spent by governments. We've seen how the health care system has been damaged uh, severely by all of the government involvement that we currently have. Increasing that's only going to make it worse. It's just you see it in country after country, socialized medicine, uh, you know, every time it's tried, it's, it fails. And it's because you take all the incentive out of the business. It, you just remove it and you, uh, you turn it into a bureaucracy. Who could possibly, I mean, really, when you look at it from that perspective, and I understand, I was watching, I was at the, the tire place having my winter tires swapped on today, and so mm-hmm. I was exposed to television, and uh, it was like the Martha Stewart show. And every single commercial 
was presidential ads. Because, of course, we're in New Hampshire, so that's why. Uh, but, I mean, it was commercial after commercial, and then Hillary's ad was in there promising free health care for everybody. Right. You know, when, when you just look at the promises, it sounds great. Free health care. Who wouldn't want that, right? But when you look at it from the reality perspective of these will be bureaucrats, not just regular doctors and assistants anymore. These are now going to be bureaucrats that will be providing your health care. And when you look at the statistics and you look at the, the horror stories from socialized medicine, then it becomes quite clear that we want nothing to do with this. I read an article a couple of days ago that uh, said that Dick Cheney would be dead now if it wasn't for uh, socialized med- you know, government health care. Um, and it sort of went to talk about his you know, what quadruple bypass and, and that kind of thing, which I think it's kind of sick that we know what Dick Cheney has uh, as far as operations and that kind of thing. But besides that, they claimed that uh, government health care saved Dick Cheney, and I believe that. I just don't believe for one solitary second that you and I are going to get the kind of care that Dick Cheney got. What we're going to have is a two or three or whatever tiered system where, um, you know, like it was in Soviet, the Soviet Union, where the, where the Politburo got really great um, mm-hmm. cars and food and health care and everything, and the rest of us stand in line to try to get bread. Well, and Dick Cheney could probably afford his own health care, too. I mean, the guy sure, does have millions of dollars. So yeah. Even if he wasn't vice president, it's probably the fact that he's a very influential man and he has lots of money. Right. It's the influential. I don't yeah. know that the money really had much to do with it. I mean, he could have been a poor uh, vice president and he would still have been treated very well. But it, it's about power. Were they I mean, claiming... Would you want to be the government uh, doctor that let Dick Cheney die? Not Were they claiming it was actually a government doctor? That's what they're claiming, and I, I, th- I, I believe them. I mean, I understand that there is a health plan when it comes to the federal government bureaucrats. Maybe the, that's uh, what it is. They call the it a single, I guess they call it single payer. At this point, I don't have the article um, sitting in front of me. but I would guess that the government paid for his health care, but it was provided on a, by private doctors. A fine, single payer. They'll get, I mean, they'll, anyone in the executive branch will get the best medical treatment. That's true. Right. However and, they provide it. And that's how it is. It's going to be, um, you know, Dick Cheney rides around right. in limousines, too, and the government pays for those, too. Do you think that the government provided you a car? They'd provide you with a social... Um, uh, a chauffeur in a limousine? No, they won't. 800-259-9231. You bring up anything. It's Jeremy in Montana listening on KGEZ. Hello, Jeremy. Well, what better person to elect than a former doctor to figure out how to deal with health care in the first place? There you go. I agree with you. Ron Paul, former... I think he currently is a doctor. I don't think it's a former doctor. He could probably He's go out practicing, and I practice guess. if he wanted to. I mean, to. as a practice. Yeah. In yep. a living. You know, but uh, add something else other than that. No. Isn't that what most communist governments do is they set up these uh, filthy communist health care systems up? And I got my arm hurt on a missionary trip one time down in Mexico. And uh, and I went in there, and there's, like, bloody, you know, and the place is just filthy. You know, doctor comes up, you know, to old blood on a smock and stuff like that. Is like, it socialized oh. in Mexico? I'm not aware of what their uh, their situation is down there. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure it is. It's like that in Cuba, too. You know, I, we know it's that way in Cuba. I know that for sure. Not sure about Mexico. I think, I think Mexico is socialist. The socialists ruled for a long time okay. down there. So. I can't imagine that they yeah, take care I mean, of everybody, though. Their gasoline is socialized, too. I mean, and that's what they do. Oh, let's come save everybody with the health care system, and pretty soon you'll find you know a lot of the... I mean, we're already low on the list on medical care in this. You know, as far as the quality of it in 
Yeah, well, it's it's interesting. I mean, it's like with education. If you go back to when the Department of Education was started, the Federal Department of Education in the 1950s, and you just look at year after year the uh, the budget consistently going up and up and up and watching test scores drop and drop, it's the same thing with health. I mean, you're going to see government spending on health care continue to rise as you know the average quality care uh, continues to drop. That's just... That's the way government works. It literally ruins everything it touches. Jeremy, thanks for the call, dude. As always, 800-259-9231. You know, um, I, I, as Jeremy was talking about being in hospital in a foreign country, and I was in a hospital in, in Haiti, and it was just as horrifying. You were visiting. I was visiting. And that's not socialized medicine or anything. That's charity medicine, which I would say would probably be above socialized medicine, yeah. but below uh, you know, an individual paying for their own treatment. No doubt. You, as always, can bring up whatever you want. Uh, Real quick here, let me uh, continue with this email. We started last hour. It is, you know what, I don't know where I put it. Yeah, I thought it it was Dennis. Maybe I uh, archived that. Well, anyway, so healthcare, it's, uh, we, we absolutely need it to be in the marketplace's hands. The solution isn't to get more government involvement. It's to get less government involvement. In fact, to get the government out completely because uh, it's the government's involvement is why we're seeing costs increasing, why there's not enough competition. Uh, they're just, it's overregulated to death. And, and um, when, you don't ha- when you have people separated from the paying aspect of it, even when it comes with insurance and and those kind of things, is you have a lot of tests given that just don't aren't, wouldn't necessarily be given otherwise. Uh, my wife's pregnant, and they've tested her for everything, I, I, things that are just statistically mm. impossible to happen to her. They, they test her for this stuff. Why? Because they don't want to be, uh, they don't want her coming back and saying, "Well, you didn't offer me this or that." I see. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I did find Dennis's email. We'll continue and finish that. He brings up Ron Paul, but also Dennis Kucinich. Hmm. We'll talk about it coming up. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features for free, the bulletin board system with over 300,000 posts, serious issues, and fun stuff. You'll find it all at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. And you'll also find movies, lingerie, and marital aids at adameve.com. And they've got a special offer for you. Go to adameve.com slash talk and get 50% off of one item. Plus, with your order of $17 or more, they'll throw in a free gift. That's 50% off at adameve.com slash talk. All right, so uh, we're continuing here. We were just talking about healthcare, and this uh, next question from Dennis in an email is going to tie in uh, pretty well with the healthcare discussion. He says, "You guys talk about Ron Paul. Whereas I do like him and his views, there are other candidates who have his views. Dennis Kucinich, who you label as a socialist, also wants to end the drug war, re-legalize marijuana, and immediately end the war in Iraq, and bring all the troops home around the world, uh, from around the world, home to defend this country." Now, let me say that from what I understand about Dennis Kucinich, that's not all true. In I fact, don't it's know not that, even close. I don't know that he necessarily wants to bring the troops uh, all around the world. Back. I've never heard that. I, I, I don't know that it's true or not. I haven't studied him in depth. I can tell you that Dennis Kucinich is, in fact, a tried and true socialist. And if you know what a, a socialist is, I, I'm sure he wouldn't even deny it. Um, he, he wants to put a single-payer health care system in place, and that makes him completely different than Ron Paul. Yes. I mean, you know, Dennis Kucinich thinks the government can solve everything. 
Even if we're going to give him the point on bringing the troops home from around the world, which I don't believe that to be the case, I think he's he's just as much of an interventionist as anyone else. He just probably has his favorite conflicts, you know. Uh, Send him to Darfur. Yeah, that that sort of thing. But Nick, you were telling us during the break that uh, you at Free Minds TV, again, you're a TV uh, TV host uh, on you know your other job, I guess, uh, at FreeMindsTV.com. You had the opportunity to ask him some questions about the war on drugs and maybe a few other things. Yeah. Uh, on the war on drugs, Dennis Kucinich actually, he's very moderate. He only believes that um, marijuana possession should be decriminalized, which in this day and age isn't a very radical position. Nope. Um, he still believes that the production and sale of it should be illegal. So you're not actually talking about decriminalizing the actual drug trade. Right, he's not talking about ending the war on drugs. No, and all the other drugs, hard drugs, whatever you want to call them, he didn't say anything about them. He thinks we should treat drug addicts um, from a medical standpoint, but he didn't really make clear whether it would be forced treatment or that not. That sounds... When they, whenever they say that sort of stuff, I automatically think that's what they mean. Now, Kucinich might not necessarily be talking about that, but he still thinks drugs should be basically illegal. Right, so you should be able to... According to him, you should be able to buy marijuana, but the person who's selling it is committing a crime, and they need to be punished, right? He, that's that's his position, and... It's um, nuts. It is nuts. Why wouldn't you go all the way... I mean, why wouldn't you... If, you, if you're not going to go all the way on the drug war, why wouldn't you go all the way on marijuana. They already charge people with um, marijuana possession with uh, intent to sell and things like that because they might have it in more than one bag or they have too much or right. something like that. Then what do you got going? Yeah, it's, I mean, he's not very, very progressive on that or however you want to put it. Um, on bringing the troops home from Iraq, yes, he would like the United States troops brought home from Iraq. I'm no, I don't recall exactly what he said about other countries. Um, but he doesn't really believe in U.S. intervention. He believes in U.N. intervention. Um, oh, he believes we should pull right. the U.S.'s troops out. And put and guys then, with blue helmets and in. Re- yes, but literally, he said, and put in a U.N. peacekeeping force as we leave. Yeah, this um, guy's bad news. And do you know who the number one troop contributor to the United Nations is? Us, of the course. United States, and we're the number one funder of the United States. So he's Nations. okay as long as it, you can be from America and in Iraq as long as you have a blue helmet on instead of a uh, Green regular helmet. one. You know that, and and you remember what happened with the UN troops in Uganda? I mean, these guys were they were out raping and pillaging and stealing just like the uh, the, the 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 Hutus or whatever. Speaking of raping, did you hear that rape story about the uh, the contractor? Over there? No, the no. contractors, I guess. We'll get to that maybe tonight. Uh, it's pretty outrageous. It has to do with Halliburton and KBR and the other government contractors. All right. So, uh, wow. I, that's more than, uh, than I've uh, learned about Dennis Kucinich all year long. I didn't know that much about him. Uh, definitely not anti-drug war and definitely not anti-war. He's all in favor of interventionism in war just as long as it's the UN that's doing the intervening. What that's I do disgusting. Like, what He's I, a big government uh, socialist freak. What I do like about him is he doesn't pull his punches and he answers questions. He's not a politician in the... Uh, like well, he's a, how many questions have you seen him answer? He does, no, I did see him answer a lot of questions very yeah, directly. Absolutely, he is a, he's I, been, an honest socialist. I, I, yeah, he is. He is an honest socialist. I've been to the uh, the Unitarian Church here locally, and mm-hmm. he did a, a town hall meeting. The man is forthright. He is a man of. He is a, a socialist of integrity, like Hitler was. <laughs> if if I might add on, just I don't know if I would draw the comparison to Hitler, but <laughs> it's I, just a little joke. <laughs> um, I one little other tidbit that most people might not know about Dennis Kucinich, and just to prove that he is a socialist, um, he calls for universal free um, preschool for oh all boy. American children and universal public college, free public college. Um, I think he was saying in exchange for you. Uh, I don't even know if he was asking for national service, but for people of any age, you could be 85, and he said you should be taking 
continuing ed. See, now that makes perfectly good sense. Let's give uh, college courses to 85-year-olds because they've got plenty of time on their hands and we should pay for that. See, this is this is one of the real problems, I believe, with with public, you know, this government-funded education is people that wouldn't otherwise be getting the educations that they're getting are getting them because they're free and then we all pay for it and then they cost more to educate. For instance, look, this is going to make me sound bad. But when there are people that are, uh, you know, so mentally retarded there uh, that the, and, and essentially the public school systems are, are, are doing daycare for them. Mm-hmm. And I just don't see any I, I, their parents wouldn't be paying this kind of money. They cost two times, three times, four times as much to educate. Mm-hmm. A lot of them have, uh, you know, one on one teachers. Some of them are, uh, you know, wheelchair bound and all kinds of situations like this. These people are not going to go on and we're not educating them for, for work in the future. We're babysitting them at four times the cost of um, well, no, a regular no, high school student. There's no reason that couldn't be done in the, the free marketplace at a, at a drastically lower cost. I mean, those costs are inflated because it's government that's doing I would agree it. with you. So I think that charities and uh, private organizations would be able to handle that. There's a charity called uh, the Lighthouse for the Blind in Sarasota that employs employs uh, you know blind people to make brooms and things. Oh, that's great. Yeah, and and you know they don't they they get paid for it. People buy their brooms because they're made by blind people. They want to support them. So Dennis continues with his email. He's again uh, t- talking about Dennis Kucinich. He says he does want to make universal health care, but everything else he has to offer is worth looking at. I hope I'm wrong when I say or think that you will not consider him because he's a Democrat. No, certainly no, not because he's a Democrat. To, it has nothing to do with him being a Democrat. Uh, it has to do with his... It's because he's a socialist. Yeah, I, I like the fact that he's uh, that he speaks forthright. I, I want to know what my politicians are saying. Most of them are lying. Dennis Kucinich is not. If I had to pick a Democrat, and I don't like to name drop, it'd probably be Gravel. Yeah. And he's a liberal. I mean, I wouldn't vote for him if I had to pick. He's really against the war on drugs. He he is, and he's actually not so much of a socialist as some of the other Democrats on some economic issues. He's more issues. of a populist. He is a populist, but if I had to pick... It would be him, not Dennis Kucinich. Dennis Kucinich goes way too far left. Yeah, we don't. We aren't blinded by party allegiance. Uh, I'm not a member of either party. I mentioned this last night on the show. So certainly you are right about that, Dennis. Uh, we don't, uh, you know, we don't ignore people because of their political party. It matters what they say and what their viewpoint is. And the fact is, most of the Republicans are socialists too. They just won't admit it. it was, closer to fascist. Fascist, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I would not look past him. He says, I won't look past him. He might be a Democrat, but I've been him and you agree on more things than you disagree. I don't know. I haven't heard a lot I agree with him on. Not at all. I could pick him to to pieces. Uh, He says, I've wanted to call, but uh, he he says, Free Talk Live has changed my mind in so many ways. It's unbelievable. I want to thank you all for the knowledge and good radio. And uh, he says, keep up the good work on FTL. 800-259-9231. In some states, starting next year, you may be paying by the mile to drive. We'll explain on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk. Well, Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231 as my microphone falls falls down. Anyway, it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. 800-259-9231. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. 
via that toll-free number. You can also join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there, we give away the wiki included with over 1,450 pages created by listeners like you. Just go to wiki.freetalklive.com to get interactive. WIKI.freetalklive.com. How would you like to lose up to 25 pounds in just nine days without permanently changing your diet? Check out this amazing doctor-recommended product. Go to ftldiscount.com. Read some real testimonials and find out how to order. That's ftldiscount.com. 800-259-9231. Well, here's an awful idea, and it's one that has actually come up before, but it looks like starting early next year, six states are going to be initiating a new form of taxation, one that uh, you've probably never encountered before. According to USA Today, Drivers in six states in early 2008 will begin testing a new way to pay for roads and transit. Commuters will be charged for the miles they drive rather than paying taxes on gasoline purchased. Researchers from the University of Iowa Public Policy Center will install computers and satellite equipment in the vehicles of 2,700 volunteers, 450 from Austin, Baltimore, Boise, San Diego, uh, Eastern Iowa, and the Research Triangle region of North Carolina. Over the next two years, the drivers will get sample monthly bills for the number of miles they've driven. Great. Now you have another bill to pay every month. Mm -hmm. They can compare what they now pay in gasoline taxes with what they would have paid in per-mile fees. Do you think anybody's going to do that? These are the same... uh, I mean, it's... it's, A lot of people don't even look at how much they pay in taxes and withholding taxes on their paychecks. You think Mm -hmm. they're going to... Take time to compare um, the bill that they get from the government for driving versus uh, how much they would have paid in, in gasoline. I I, I, guess, I wouldn't imagine they would. Um, but these are volunteers, right? So they're they're volunteering to to do this comparison. I pr- I presume they are. I'm not sure if that's going to be a requirement. But uh, what they want to do is apparently assess the public's attitudes and acceptance toward a system like this, says the principal investigator in the 16.5 million dollar road user charge study and chairman at the University of Iowa Department of Electrical and Computer Engineering. The nation is reassessing the way it pays for roads and transit. Since 1956, the Highway Trust Fund, financed by the federal tax on gasoline, has been a primary source of money for highway projects. But the National Governors Association and other groups and planners involved in road building have concluded that this method, supplemented by state gasoline taxes, no longer is adequate. The, the reason that they say so is because they don't like these biodiesel trucks that the people are putting together. Biodiesel vehicles. I mean, there's some right. cars. Uh, they the don't hybrids. Like the, the hybrids. There's not even that many of these vehicles out there. It just galls the crap out of the politicians that they're not uh, getting enough. Uh, you know, they don't feel like they're getting enough taxes out of these people. Well, and being taxed by the mile actually encourages it, it encourages people to drive bigger vehicles. And it's not really green because if you're being ca- if you're driving a large vehicle, you're going to burn more gas per mile. If you're driving mm. a small hybrid, you're going to actually end up paying more mile per mile than you would paying gas. Right. They could gra- they could gradiate it. They could say you know if you drive a subcompact, you pay this. You compact, you pay that. That kind of thing. But the the thing is is uh, you know the best way to judge that is the vehicle itself. Uh, you know how much how much gasoline it burns. That works. That's a system that works. It's a good indication of how much wear and tear a vehicle puts and on the road. I think that those vehicles, the the biodiesel vehicles and the hybrid vehicles, I think those people deserve a spiff for going out and uh, burning less gasoline. Well, you now, Mark, you said there are not a lot of them on the roads, but i got to say, I see a number of them around here, and from what I understand, uh, many of those models are sold out. They've got waiting lists. I'm not saying that there's not, uh, if, if you looked at the raw numbers of how many there are, but compare it to 
uh, gasoline, regular gasoline burning uh, vehicles on the road. And I'm telling you, I don't believe you're talking about 1%. Oh, I think you're right, but they know it's coming, right? I mean, they know that people want this. They know that people but, uh, want when, the better gas when, mileage. When have politicians ever been ahead of the curve? All they're going to do is stifle it. They're ahead of the curve, so they're gonna, people are going to say, eh, I don't need to get that That's hybrid vehicle. Point. And they're not going to. Well, to be honest, if what you want to tax people on is a user fee for the wear and tear on the road, then taxing by the mile is not a terrible system. The issue I take with it is the fact that it's going to have these tracking systems in there that right. are an invasion of privacy. If there was a way to have technology that just recorded how many miles you drove on the state's roads that year, that that could be an acceptable system if it was laid out right. It's about as fair as a gasoline tax. Um, so this but the is really is the technology is going to be essentially a tracking device. Right. In it's your an car. excuse to put a, a GPS device in your car and know where you are at all times. That's what this is. That might be what this is really about beyond yeah. the revenue. And and not to mention the sweetheart deal of whoever makes these GPS vehic- um, devices that report your odometer reading to the bureaucrats. I mean, it, it seems like it's something that could be handled uh, just as easily with a photograph of your, you know, photograph, photographic proof of your odometer. You know, you, you, you make your claim of how much and whatever, and then send them a, a picture. An, uh, the whole thing's is just an awful idea. It's just it's going to require more work from the drivers. Instead of just filling up at the pump, now there may be paperwork, or as you're saying, photographs. There may be monthly bills and now involved. And it disincentivizes um, uh, people from buying the new, uh, you know, alternative fuel vehicles. Well, the, the, the real issue with the reason you can't just take a picture of the odometer is you have to prove you're driving on New Hampshire roads. That's the idea, is that if you're driving on, if you commute to Boston, how many miles did you drive in Mass? How many miles did you drive Yeah, here? how the hell is that going to work? Yeah. I mean, well, with the GPS device, I guess. Uh, yeah, GPS. I mean, if they know where we all are. They're but wait stick, a minute. Won't Massachusetts want to charge you when you go down to Massachusetts? I'm sure that that device will report to them, too. I mean, That's they, not they cool. might as well put a tracking device up your butt and uh, just know where you are at all times. But it, it might be difficult. I mean, if this system were to be adopted by, say, Mass and not New Hampshire, which is probably more likely than the other mm-hmm. way around... Um, how are they going to mandate that we – they're not they going to be able to track us because we're not going to have GPS in our cars. How are they going to mandate that we put one they in the They may have to do this roads? federal. But at this point, um, you know, the the, uh, the gas taxes, there's some go to federal, some go to state, some go to local. Right. Um, and, you know, how are you going to – you know, if, if I always fill up in Keene, New Hampshire, but I drive to Mass every day, which, oh, what an awful trip that would be, um, you know, the, it's, the money's still not going to the right place, so – yeah, it happens today. I think I think it would in that case it would just be Massachusetts taxpayers get stuck with the bill for the wear and tear you put on their roads, and you know you don't pay it. Well, now I don't think that the federal government taxes are going to go away either necessarily. If some of these states, uh, if some of these states implement these new per mile programs, you're still going to have to pay taxes at the pump. You'll be paying uh, state tax there, right, or, or your f- local. federal tax rather uh, at the pump, and then you'll be paying state tax on this monthly bill that they're going to send you. What about the your- local municipalities that tax more? Yeah, and they probably won't repeal the gas taxes. They might reduce them, or this might even be a supplement. But they're pro- I doubt they're going to seriously... It's like the fair tax. That's they're a probably, great point. It'll pro- be an addition. They, this yep. will probably be... Because they're saying that the gas taxes aren't adequate. They might say, oh, well, we're going to cut at the pump, and we're going to do this mileage when system. When have you seen them get rid of a yeah. tax? It'll be a net tax increase, I'm, I would bet money I think on. you're right. Well, Any well, that's time what a politician can get his hand in your pocket, he's going to take as much money well, as he can. They're saying it's no longer adequate. They're saying the current system, not giving them enough money. 
Yeah, so that's what politicians more. always say about every one of their programs. Right. Oh, we haven't got enough money. So now you get to pay at the pump, you get to t- get taxed at the pump, and you get to have a tracking device installed in your car and billed monthly. Now, what's going to happen if the you know the bill's later? You're late on the bill. They're going to charge you interest. Now you're going to be paying interest on taxes, and oh my gosh, this is yeah. going to be bad. And how, how much overhead is there going to be? Imagine how many bureaucrats there are going to be to bill every driver to with handle a car all that. in the state. Yeah. I mean, taxing gasoline is relatively easy. A uh, gas station, I think the gas stations pay the tax and pass it on. So you fill up a 5,000-gallon tank. The math is easy, and it's you know, you're doing it in quantity. Right, doing, here's another... Doing driving every month. Here's another trick. What happens when you've got different people driving the same car? It may not be often, but if you, for instance, Mark, if you lent me your car, uh, because we only have one b- between Julia and, uh, and myself, and I needed it for whatever reason to go across the state, you know, put a whole bunch of miles on the car going somewhere, then I, you know, I'm going to have to keep track of how many miles I've put on your car. It wouldn't just be, oh, Mark, I'll fill up the tank when it comes back. Something easy like that. You're going to get bill we're gonna have to break it down we're gonna have to see who owes what on a per month i mean that's complicated but hey they don't care it's not like the government has to spend any time doing any of this uh, right. calculation you're just their um you're their little accountant uh you know do boy right you have you're to do what slave. they say and uh if you don't well you get a big old fine or you go to jail 800-259-9231 again they're looking at testing this in six states starting early next year with volunteers for now uh, and it may be spreading out statewide soon enough. 800-259-9231. How do you feel about that? Like that idea? Does anyone like this idea? Besides the state bureaucrats? would love to hear from you. This is your show. You can bring up anything. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. Features for free. Enjoy those on us. If you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, then become a Free Talk Live amplifier. Join the AMP program at amp.freetalklive.com. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is, since we give you everything on our website for free, we're just asking for your support. Head over there and get signed up for as little as three bucks a month. And the money comes into us. We turn it right back around and reinvest it into the show, uh, getting on more radio stations across the country. If you want to learn more about the program and learn about the perks you get access to, just go to amp.freetalklive.com. Barry Cooper wants you to never get busted. Jim Lark was chairman of the Libertarian Party. Ethan Nadelman is the founder of the Drug Policy Alliance. Peter Christ is a spokesman for law enforcement against prohibition. And Congressman Ron Paul has called for an end to all federal drug raids. They all want to end the war on drugs, and they'll all be at the Liberty Forum. Where will you be? Register now at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. That's freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. And if you want to save 10%, use the code 2008FTL. That's 2008FTL to save 10% on the Liberty Forum. We're going to be there looking, uh, looking forward to seeing you. Now, we're talking about the tax situation when it comes to your vehicle and the miles you drive. Because they're getting ready to tax that next. And the experts are claiming the gas tax is going to go away, but... Talk is cheap, 
and we all know that uh, they have no interest. The government people have no interest in reducing any taxes. Now, what they might do is they might reduce the gas tax temporarily to introduce this new mileage tax sure. that they're looking at, and then it'll slowly start to tick up. You know, year after year, year after year, they'll just notch it up a little after a little, and before you'll know it, you'll have the full gas tax, and you'll have uh, a mileage tax on top of that. You'll have a GPS tracking equipment in your car, and the government will know everywhere you go. I mean, that's great, isn't it? Mm. You're excited, aren't you? Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Uh, this story from USA Today, just a few more details. Again, there are six states that are going to be testing this system out starting in 2008. Already, though, some states have already been um, progressing towards this awful idea. Oregon this year finished a year-long experiment that tested a virtual tollway system that could eventually replace the state gas tax with a road user fee. Volunteers drove vehicles equipped with state-installed GPS devices and odometers that kept track of the miles they drove. When they gassed up, the drivers paid for their gas as well as 1.2 cents for each mile driven since their last fill-up. They didn't pay the 24 cents a gallon state gas tax. And I imagine that but you'll they, also- did pay, they did pay whatever municipality tax and whatever federal tax. That's correct. And uh, I imagine you're going to have to pay for those devices eventually as well. For You're going to probably have to pay for the GPS device and whatever the install free? fee is. Right. I mean, do you think that the state is going to – the state doesn't provide anything for free. The state or taxes you'll, people. You'll pay through through taxes or you'll actually pay with cash. I think they'll probably make you pay with cash. Oh, I think they'll make auto manufacturers install them. That's a possibility. But, but as far as retroactively, I mean, there's – all those cars on the road don't have them. You're right. Or they'll start it as a voluntary program and it'll just – move into being a, a requirement. I mean, they that could, they could make this an alternative to that. That sounds to, seems to be how they're selling it is you can do this as an alternative to the gas tax if you want. But that's, I mean, when, when Social Security was started, we heard that the Social Security number would be used only for Social Security and right. it evolved into something much, much different and much, much more a means of control. That's a good point. Maybe they'll give people an incentive to get this GPS device installed. Maybe they'll say, hey, you know, you won't have to pay any gas taxes for X amount of time if you install this GPS device and you go with the mileage tax. You know, give people a, a monetary incentive to go with the more tyrannical option. Anyway, Minnesota's Governor Tim Pawlenty says part of his state's plan for dealing with declining gas tax revenues is a mileage tax or fee. He wants to test a project this year, so there's an additional state that's going to be doing something. Who is that? What, uh, what state? Minnesota. Mm. Colorado Governor Bill Ritter appointed a 32-member commission in March to explore long-term options. Paid. Including mileage fees. Some transportation experts believe that mileage fees will replace the gas tax within the next 20 years. Uh, and they say uh, private privacy. See, there's government already telling you we're not going to have flying cars in 20 years. Right. I mean, like, they're against that. Privacy advocates worry about the use of satellite navigation technology to track drivers' movements. Uh, Lee Teen an attorney who specializes in privacy issues for the Electronic Frontier Foundation, which is a pretty cool organization from what I can tell. He says, where you go is something that, for the most part, people consider private. The second point is, it's the sort of thing we do to the bad guys. Where do you hear about a lot, of, uh, a lot about GPS tracking? It's for prisoners or people who are out on probation. James Whitty, who headed the Oregon experiment, says some of the 260 volunteers, now this is interesting, initially had privacy concerns, but those worries faded. I bet they do fade. They, you, just don't, you just don't care, but uh, that doesn't mean the government doesn't know everywhere you've been. Right. You know, what can you do? 
I mean, the fact is, at that point, they've mandated that you have this thing in your car, and, you know, you know they know where you are, so at, at some point it just sort of wears on you, and oh well, now our, I'm tracked. Our founding fathers and uh, Americans for over a century had a concern about a progressive income tax, but there it is. worries have faded. Exactly, and I think that you're, I think that really is the history of the American people in in regards to how they handled new uh, tyrannies, uh, new destructions of their liberty. Look at the airports. I mean, we've got TSA agents just patting all over the place and you know barking orders at you, and people are jumping driving through off, hoops, driving off foreign visitors. It's down twenty percent. Right. Well, it's not probably right now down 20%. Since the dollar has tanked, we've had uh, an increase in foreign traffic, foreign shoppers. Now, Americans might have been concerned in the beginning, but uh, their worries have faded when it comes to airport uh, security. About it's just the way it is. So, want to talk to you about this. If you've got any thoughts, let's go to Stephen in California, listening on KCAA. Hey, Stephen. Stephen, KCAA land. You know, I mean, it's, it's a part of conditioning for us. I mean, um... You know, every step that uh, the direction we go towards a fascist state, and uh, we pretty much are uh, there. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the author uh, Naomi Wolf. Yes, um, the uh, the, America. the ten steps to fascism, or fourteen steps to fascism. One of the other. It was, it's actually ten steps to fascism, and um, you know, I mean, we're we're pretty much there. Um, it's just, uh, you know, everybody's asleep, and, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what to do except uh, to vote for Ron Paul, I'll tell you that. Yeah. You know, it's funny, if you look at the, uh, the, the is it the ten planks of the Communist Manifesto yes. also, if you look at those, we're almost complete. Seven and a half of them, I yeah. think, are uh, 100%. Actually, I think we're nine of them. Really? Uh, it, it depends on how you interpret them. Yeah. Uh, we were trying to be yeah. very conservative in we our interpretation. Yeah. So it's bad news either way, and certainly Ron Paul is an option, but uh, you know even he can't turn it all around. I well, think at least he can slow it down. Can, can you imagine um, how how difficult it would be for Congress to function if they had to have a supermajority to get everything? It would through? be difficult. Yeah, I mean, at, but at the very least, we shut Congress down for four years. That'd be awesome. Have you guys discussed uh, you know uh, the par- paramilitary group uh, Blackwater on this show at all? Mm-hmm. I mean, are people really familiar with uh, um, the contracts they are they are getting here in the United States? I'm not familiar with what they're getting in the United States. I thought they border stuff. Certainly, no, they're uh, well, they're active in Iraq. I believe they were they were also in... active in Louisiana. Um, oh yeah. during uh, Katrina. Um, they know. So, I've read that they have contracts. There's a book out called Blackwater. I forget the author's name, um, but that book makes the claim, and he is pretty well documented. So this is secondhand information, but he makes a claim that they have contracts in all 50 states with public or municipalities well, and states they, to operate here in California. Here in California, they just op- are they're about to open uh, a 283 uh, um, uh, um, mm-hmm. acre uh, uh, facility right on the border of Mexico and Canada. Mm-hmm. So, from what I understand, that they are hiring outside from Venezuela, Argentina, especially countries that are familiar with torture and uh, just murdering people in cold blood. And yeah. that's what they're doing in Iraq. Right I heard uh, so Bill I O'Reilly tonight talking about, uh, you know, how it's, uh, you know, we need Americans that are willing to torture people. Oh, my gosh. It's just Yeah, so I was crazy. listening to the same thing. It was bad. But, yeah, Blackwater does hire foreign mercenaries, including South American death squad members. So, basically, if Blackwater does the torturing, then it's not illegal because, uh, or it's not as illegal because they're not government people, right? Is that the idea? Uh, you know, well, Hitler basically had his SS, you know, and... Um, 
that's what Blackwater would be here in the United States. They're only answerable to one individual. Right. Uh, they, um, the quasi the quasi government organization. Essentially, they they work for the government well, only. Right. Yeah. It's it's another private company that's got a sweetheart deal with the government, and that's never a uh, private situation that you want. You want the government no. completely out of defense. You want uh, the the marketplace to handle that. And Blackwater, that's that's not an example of marketization of anything. I want to make sure that that's clear. Uh, so thanks for bringing that up, man, and we appreciate the call. 800-259-9231. Let's continue with uh, Sean in Montana listening on KGEZ. Hello, Sean. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I just wanted to uh, bring up the similarities between uh, the GPS tracking and the uh, telephone surveillance. Telephone surveillance? The data mining that they're doing, I think they're really looking for relationships. It's like, uh, you know, uh, perhaps they know where you work. They know they know where you go to church. I'd like for you to explain that, that a little bit more. If you can hang through the news, we'll bring you back, all right? 800-259-9231. I'd like to know a little bit more about what he's talking about. Give him a chance to uh, expand on that here in moments. Hour 3 is coming up, and you can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Lot. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number three of the program. You can bring up whatever is on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features for free. Enjoy those on us. And you have more debt than you can pay. You don't have to file bankruptcy. You can pay pennies on the dollar, and your credit doesn't have to take a hit. It's a 100% legal, 100% ethical program that will show you how to get out of debt in 90 minutes, go to outin90.com. That's outin90.com. We go back to Sean in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Sean, you'd barely had a chance to get your thoughts out uh, before we had to go to the news break, so if you could just uh, recap, what was uh, what were you calling about tonight? Okay, I was uh, I was, you know, thinking of how the government is, you know, prying into our lives. Sure is. Now they're, they're tracking everywhere we go. They're listening to all of our telephone conversations, probably reading all of our email addresses or addresses, um, conversations or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the the point being is that, you know, the government is supposed to be transparent and the people are supposed to be opaque. And it has switched around somewhere. Sure has. But, uh, you know, here's the deal. I think they're looking for relationships, you know. It's like, you know, I don't know about you. You know how many friends and different types of friends you have, but in in my life, I've run across you know thousands of people that I would consider friends. You know, maybe only thirty or so that are close friends. Okay. But the reality of it is, I don't even you know I have some very close friends that I will not even introduce to my other close friends. Did you catch my drift? Not really. Are, are they your drug dealers? Is that what you mean? Mm-hmm. I'm telling you that maybe they're they're hippies or maybe they're slobs, maybe they're roaring drunks. It doesn't really matter, does it? Okay. The fact of the matter is, is I have relationships that I protect from other relationships that I have myself. I, you know, I protect. Uh, there's certain relationships that I protect too. So I sort and of, you're sort of understand. So, you're saying you're so concerned. So why do that... I why do I want the government 
to know all of my ins and outs. I don't. And they can find out your relationship, so they go, hey, how come your car stopped at this address? Right. Yeah, you know, it may just very well be that somebody that you... You don't know at work. Sure, it may very well be that someone that you know, uh, you don't know well enough, and maybe they're a drug dealer uh, in their spare time, but you didn't know that, and you went over to their house to borrow a DVD from them or something like that, and then all of a sudden you get arrested because you've been to the drug dealer's house within a certain time frame because they were investigating the drug dealer. These are things that could happen with this new GPS tracking system that uh, that, they're planning on putting in everyone's cars. I think that could happen very easily. But now there's an argument that is thrown out for for almost every every kind of, you know, paranoid type, you know, the people that would put you in a paranoid category. And they say this. They say, well, what do you have to hide? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the old, you know if what? you don't have anything to hide, then what have, does it matter? I have plenty to hide. And, you know, and and my my grandparents were hiding different things than I'm hiding now. And my grandchildren are going to hide different things than I'm hiding now. Yeah, well, and the fact is, you know? even if you don't have something to hide, as far as, even if your lifestyle isn't illegal, do. down the line, uh, they could change the law. And down the line, you right. could have something to hide. Like, you but know, everybody you might have a does gun. something illegal. Everybody does something right. illegal, whether it's just speeding right. or. Sure. Dude, right. thanks for the call, and thank you for the concern. It's a valid point, and you're right. A lot of people do have things to hide. Not necessarily things that are harming others, but just things they might want to keep private. Now there'd be exactly. no privacy. You know, if you look at, you know, there's a, the, uh, I, I forget whose philosophy is this, but, you know, as long as you're not harming anyone else, why is it anyone else's business? Well, that's the laissez-faire philosophy. That's our, our philosophy, uh, philosophy generally on this show. And Sean, thank you for the call. 800-259-9231. And, you know, the government, just because you don't necessarily have something to hide, even if the government just suspects you might be doing something that they don't like, um, they can they can ruin your day or ruin your life. I mean, we have sev- over 700,000 people on the uh, the terror watch list and the no-fly list. There aren't 700,000 terrorists in the United States. I'd be willing to bet money on it. Um, yep. So, you know, there are obviously hundreds of thousands of people on a, on a list that prevents them from traveling normally, and they've done nothing wrong. The government just thinks that maybe they did something yeah, wrong. Yeah, the government's just, they don't care either. They could care less if you're on that list. They don't take any, any of those people off the list. You can beg and plead and cajole them. They won't do it. No, they, they've no they don't have, Yeah, they don't have any reason to take anybody off. Yeah, even if your name's just the same, they don't bother to take the time to right. look into it and see if you are that John Smith or whoever. No, it doesn't even matter if you've been uh, investigated time after time. Every single time you go through, they can't just mark your file and say, okay, we've checked this guy out 50 times now. Uh, we know that he's okay. They can't do that. So every single time you go through security, you'll get flagged if you're on that list. It's just awful. Let's continue with the phone calls. David in Montana listening on KGEZ. Hey, David. David, Montana. Going Howdy. once. Hello. Yeah, the mileage taxation is the backdoor implementation of the Kyoto Treaty. It's the, a part of the carbon tax. We're all going to get credited so many carbon credits. It's going to be like a whole nother, uh money kind of deal. You'll be able to buy stuff, and everything's going to have carbon level, you know, and you, when you buy something, you're going to be using up all your carbon credits. You know, this, what does that this mean? Whole, well, there's, there's a certain amount of uh, carbon and dioxide. And then you'll be able to sell them if you don't use them. See, that's going to be the seller. That's going to be what's going to get everybody, because it's going to be a way that you could uh, trade your carbon credits. And with companies, it's going to be even bigger uh, 
scams and everything. Then what is, what sort like of products, David? Carbon credit uh, banks and everything. This See, I don't know much about new, this. Huh? What, what sort of products would uh, would apply here beyond gasoline? Well, like stuff that uses energy that's electric, you know, uh, anything that's, you know, made in a big factory or anything, you know. so Like an air conditioner? Would that Yeah, that will, be, that, that will use up so many of your carbon credit if you bought a new air conditioner, a new dishwasher. But you can buy more button. carbon credits by, you know, going and, and planting trees and nonsense. You'll be able to sell your car or, or cash them in. See, this, if you check out the Kyoto Treaty, this is all part of it. See, but the hmm. president didn't sign it, so they're, they're backdoor implementation, all of this stuff. I see. And uh, what I wanted to call, too, about is uh, nobody talks about the medical and dental problem, about what's the, the, the extraordinary disproportion between what we get paid as common workers and what the medical and dental care costs. It's like we're being extorted through something that's a natural thing. You know, well, like that has need... a lot to do with the fact that the government's in there regulating the industry to death. And uh, the, the well, people, and people well, have... I think it's even bigger than that, because this guy this, that called before me, he was talking about the 10 steps to fascism. Like, we're there already with our medical. We have to... We're ordered... We're Well, this new... Uh, health care plan is that it's going to be that everybody's got to buy a, a insurance plan, you know. And right, like, uh, like Massachusetts where it's mandatory you have insurance. a product from a company that's going to be making profit. If they make profit, that's fascism. We yeah. should, if they well, even if they, they don't make profit, it's still, <laughs> it's still they, awful. They do it with homes. They do it with driving. And the next thing they're going to be doing it with is food. And, and that's once scary. it's that bad... You know, but it, we have to. Uh, the only way we could do anything is just stop buying. You know, like take care of one another. And uh, well, there's nothing wrong know. with buying things. You have to buy things in order to live and uh, you know enjoy life. Well, we're being extorted in a roundabout way. It's all extortion. Yeah, I think it's right people. That. I think it's people have abdicated their responsibilities towards paying for things um, like yeah. you know healthcare maintenance and that kind of thing. Backdoor so therefore, they expect um, insurance companies to take care of it. treaties. These treaties that were being entered into without us even knowing. Right. Yeah, you know, I actually hadn't heard much about this carbon tax thing. And David, thank you for the call. Uh, you know, I, I'd seen it. I'd seen it mentioned. Hillary Clinton has mentioned it. Uh, some of these other politicians have been talking about a carbon tax, but that was the first time I'd actually really heard anything about it. Uh, I believe the United Kingdom has started implementing a rather limited, a fairly simple carbon tax, but they count things like. Um, Air miles, when you try, if they, you take a vacation and you fly, that uses up a lot of your carbon credits. If somebody doesn't use um, a car or fly, um, they have excess carbon credits and they sell them. The BS uh, of it all is, is that car, you know, carbon dioxide just doesn't. It, it, it compared to methane, it's a twentieth of the danger as far as greenhouse gases. Methane comes from uh, animals. Animals are things we eat. They might be able to tax us on all those other things, but it's just BS. You mean I want to have to start paying a fart tax, Mark? Is that what you're saying? The methane credits, they could do it. More on the way, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. 
This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. Get signed up for the updates. We'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com to get on the list. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Your mattress was likely manufactured using all kinds of disturbing chemicals. Does this bother you? Well, it bothers some scientists, especially in the case of young children. Savvy Rest mattresses are made of 100% natural latex rubber, organic wool, and organic cotton. Try their crib mattresses, too. SavvyRest.com for the sleep you've been dreaming of. That's SavvyRest.com. Let's continue with the phone calls and talk to Mary in Kansas City, listening on KCXL, KCTO. Hello, Mary. Yeah, uh, KCXL. Yeah, uh, the KCXL's uh, got a simulcast station there, so I was just naming the other station. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, um, when you say state, what, what exactly are you are you referring to? It depends. Uh, what instance we re- referred to it? Can you <laughs> Sometimes um, state, well, state just means the government in general, like the state. Sometimes it means specifically the state government. Um, could mean either yeah, of those. Yeah, it's not really the best word. It really isn't. Uh, why do you ask? Well, because there's... Uh, this Specific definitions that do not intertwine with each other, it, it either means this or this. I think and I've given you two I, working definitions. Well, now the term state is, uh, it's kind of a weird term. I mean, the, the general term, like for instance, if you look at politicians when they say, and by the power invested in me by the state, well... There's no, you know, landmass that can invest power in someone, and there's also, uh, the, you know, the government itself, just a group of individuals, they can't vest power in someone either. So generally the concept of state is, is a fallacious one indeed. It's just that we use it out of old habit more so than anything else. But what was your point? Well, that there's two types of state. There's the government state, the territorial one, and then there's the state of the union of the people. Okay. And they're both separate. They cannot intertwine with each other. Each of them have their own uh, set of laws that cannot cross over each borders. All right. Now, um, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, where were you going with this? You're just pointing that out? Uh, no, I was just wondering if you knew that. I, I guess I don't understand the specific. Can you give me a specific instance how these things would not uh, um, intertwine okay, across well, each other? According to uh, government's definition of state, it's a political def- definition. Uh, state means uh, a territorial state mm-hmm. or position of the United States. And since it's their jurisdiction, United States only means um, District of Columbia. Uh, the term District of Columbia means United States or U.S. Uh, and then there's it's all very letter. academic. Now, Mary, you're the uh, you're the lady that called in last week uh, talking about how you don't actually have a driver's license anymore. That you had gone and surrendered your driver's license to the the, the government there, and state. that uh, that now that the state <laughs> state government um, some would argue that the state doesn't really exist. That all there are is just individuals uh, doing business at the point of a gun. But that's a whole other discussion. 
Um, so you had uh, you had told us about that. I again, I find I find that absolutely fascinating. And uh, so you are driving around uh, today without actually a, a state government driver's license. You have a, a common law license. You're a common law identification card. Have you had any more encounters with uh, the police since uh, we last heard from you? Yes. Uh, the other, um, to finish what I was saying, uh, another definition of state is Commonwealth of Puerto Rico or the Providence of Canada. I am told that the that Mexico has been added to the word state. Okay, well, I don't now, know. That's it's certainly up for discussion. But, uh, but the question about the cops, do you have any answer there? Well, what I want to know is um, what I just mentioned. Do you live in any of those areas? I do not. Okay, then that's why you don't have to have a state driver's license because you're not in that jurisdiction. Well, I thought you told me that uh, last time, and that sounds like it contradicts what you said last time. You said that before uh, that the, the driver's license was only if you needed to be engaging in commerce on government roads, and that if you just wanted to be a common law um, individual, a sovereign individual, then all you really needed to do was just have some uh, some form of identification. You didn't have to have the driver's license. Now you're saying jurisdiction plays a factor. How is it that uh, a state's jurisdiction can can have? Uh, how is it that they can have jurisdiction over you if you're a common law uh, sovereign individual? They don't. They don't. I'm not changing anything. I don't know exactly where you think I'm changing my story. But does the United? To my understanding, the United States operates under statutory law, not the common law. Yeah, government, United States. There's well, three definitions to the word state. Well, if the government doesn't operate under the jurisdiction, then you're essentially operating, you're just breaking the, the statutory law. If the government doesn't, what I'm saying is that jurisdictions like Canada recognize the common law as a legal code that they honor, and the United States and the states, state governments within it do not recognize the common law by and large. Is that what you found, is that you have, uh, common law has not been recognized by these governments when you've attempted to assert yourself as a common law sovereign citizen? No. Uh, in fact, the law is full of uh, recognizing common law, because uh, every um, title, which is 50 of them, you know, of the Internal Revenue Code, they all have exempts to them. W- would you say that basically that uh, it's just that there aren't enough people that will cite themselves as being under common law as opposed to the statutory laws? That's what one of the issues is? There's just not enough people that know about this stuff, Mary? Yeah, that's that, that's pretty much it. I mean, you know, uh, law used to be in schools at the turn of the centuries, and then uh, when government took um, took over, you know, they took law out of it because... Uh, if you learn law, you learn true history. You find out how this law was made, why was it made, where was it, where is it enforced, and who does it belong to. Because That's basically why. the idea is that, as I understand it, let me see if I've got this straight. The idea is the government laws, which are called, as you were saying, Nick, statutory laws. These government laws, they require consent. And most people, uh, you know, one of the other axioms of law is that if you aren't actively opposing the law or you aren't rejecting it, then you're by default assenting to it. You are consenting to that law by your silence. And it's, since most people are stay silent about the statutory law, they don't actually explicitly uh, reject it. Therefore, they are subject to it. Am I close to being accurate to your understanding? Well, that's 50 percent right. The other one is once you learn um, how to specify 
uh, everything and make everything crystal clear that there are two jurisdictions, two sets of citizens, um, that's voicing, you know, which side you're under. Right. You basically want to make it clear to the government people that you aren't interested in uh, their jurisdiction and their statutory law and instead exist in this common law realm, which it's all very fascinating. I don't know if the government actually cares. They're probably going to throw you in a jail cell either way. But, Mary, thanks for the call. We appreciate hearing from you. And to, to be honest, my understanding, common law comes from England. Now, there, there, was a, there is a common law tradition. People were governed by common law. That doesn't mean that Parliament couldn't pass its own laws. I think that... Some people with this common law sovereign citizen idea are cherry-picking from common law. They're not looking at the really? uh, how it was historic. Well, common law has never been a set of law outside of the scope of government law. The, the parliaments and congresses have always been able to make rules for the citizens. So Interesting. It's not like, oh, I choose common law and I reject the government. That's More no on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and it is your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features for free, so enjoy those on us including live streams, broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version as well for you for free at freetalklive.com. And you can wow and amaze your techie friends with the new Zero Blaster. It shoots smoke rings up to 12 feet, and they're the perfect gift for anyone who likes neat stuff. Get your blaster at zerotoys.com. That's zerotoys.com. Now, Nick, uh, you sounded like somebody uh, a moment ago. We were talking about, we were talking with uh, Mary about this whole common law concept. And you sound like you're pretty well educated, at least maybe uh, more so than I am at this. I've always found it fascinating what some of these patriots uh, talk about, the idea that statutory law is what we have for the most part in this country, which is all the man laws that say, you know, you can't be naked in public, you can't smoke marijuana, you can't speed, you can't do all this stuff. It's all statutory law. Whereas, from what I understood of common law, and you, you were saying it is a government thing, common law, uh, you know, it didn't uh, exist before government. No, no, com- well, no, common law basically came about um, sort of government, but not, not really generated by the state. It was all generated by rulings of judges and arbitrators. It, it, common law is based on precedent, much like our system today, but that's pretty much all it's based on is custom and precedent. Precedent. So I thought that the idea behind common law, and please correct me if I'm wrong, I thought the idea was to essentially say, you know, you shouldn't hurt other people, and if you do, then you've got an actionable case under common law. If you've damaged someone or their property, um, you've got an actionable actionable case, whereas anything outside of that is essentially statutory I, I law. I don't think that, I think that that's, uh, that's cherry-picking common law, too. I mean, common law would allow, uh, you know, w- would allow us to uh, storm into someone's house that's living in sin and uh, drag them out and burn would them. Would it? Uh, I'm not sure. I've never read anything in common law like that. I don't know about that. Um, you know, common law marriage. A lot of people say my common law wife. Um, I don't think that's recognized in the United States. If you live with someone for seven years under common law, yes, you are. You can. You are considered to have um, the the legal equivalent of having gone and getting a government marriage. Hmm. Um, so in Canada, people do have common law marriages that the government recognizes because. Canada recognizes the common law, and um, I forget who it was from thinkfree.ca. Robert Menard. Robert Menard. He might be onto something to some extent in Canada with common law. But in the United States, you know, I don't think common law in Canada, I have some doubts about his theories there even. I don't think that common law in any way negates um, 
acts of Canadian Parliament. That's not what it is. Common law is just a legal system um, that in some ways is an alternative because it's still recognized it's a holdover. Right. I don't think they're suggesting it negates it. I think that what their point is is that if you you know, you actively reject the statutory law, then by default you will fall under common law. Do you uh, think that's the case? No, I don't think you get no. the choice. That's why it's called a law. A statutory law is a law. If but don't they say that governments were formed by the consent of the governed? Um, yeah, so... In the, then the, why do they have guns? Yeah, the theory is that... <laughs> this is all theoretical. Yeah, the, <laughs> the theory behind consent is really that people will elect representatives to change the laws. I, the, I think they try to come up with try to make common law something much bigger than it really is. Common hmm. law is just common law. It's just general rules that everybody can play by, um, it, but, but that doesn't mean that there's no government or that government rules are voluntary. That's not what it means. I sure would like a system where we didn't uh, charge people for, um, you know, for not hurting uh, people, you know, like drug laws and all yeah. that other stuff. It seems to me that uh, vice crimes are, you know, uh, largely um, the reason that the, the Bill of Rights has been eroded in the United States. 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Paula in Florida. Paula, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Yeah, hi, hon. Uh, there is something very, very serious that we need to get stopped right now. Uh, they're telling us to contact our um, officials about this, uh, this weather uh, modification thing. Oh, that no, been not doing. you, Paula. Wait no, they brought you into this. Hang on. I knew no. about this. We, we've been watching this happen. I mean, it's, it's destroying our crops here, too. Okay. But anyway, crops in this, Florida? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what crops? All the holes it's Strawberries. Put things. It's ruined a lot of my stuff I've tried to grow. Oranges? And, I mean, it's, just, it's, it's affecting everything. Now, hold on. I was in Florida up until a year and uh, three months ago or so, and yeah. my uh, ruby red uh, pink grapefruit were coming up just fine in my backyard. And I'm I had an avocado vegetable. tree. It would, was producing just as much. I I'm not talking about the fruit. I'm talking about the vegetable crops and stuff like that you eat, Okay. I was eating this is going to be affected. It's also going to be toxic uh, stuff that will also affect you. Okay. Hold on. And wait a minute. Toxic. Very, very dangerous. Wait. Now you started by saying weather weather modification. Now yeah, you're saying something about toxic food. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's going to affect the crop. Let me read this. It says experimental weather modification or mitigation. Where's this coming is, from, Paula? Your fax this, machine? This is from the government. The government. Yeah. How did you get your hands on this? Is this top because secret? Somebody got it and they and they got it into a newsletter. <laughs> but anyway, the thing is, is that. Um, this whole thing has already been done. It was done July 17, 2007. What, what the thing? The thing is, because there's been no oversight on this, nobody... The thing that needs to be stopped, Mark. Mm -hmm. Pay attention. I'm sorry. It was said here, please contact all your elected local, state, and federal officials to stop this bill in its present form. This bill needs to have appropriate agriculture... What are they going to do, oversight. Paula? Are you alleging huh? that the government can change the weather? Is that what you're alleging? Oh, yeah. Uh, that, oh, yeah they, they're already doing it. That's what's happening up in Georgia. We Paula, found that out. <laughs> Paula is actually... On to something here. No, in, what are you talking in about? New Hampshire, there. there is a statute already on the books in New Hampshire that weather modification is legal. But that doesn't mean you can actually modify it, it the weather. It doesn't mean that it's terribly practical to do it. They, well, in Florida, they've been seeding thunderclouds. I mean, that is weather, weather that's modification. That's possible, yes. And but the, the federal government did actually pass an act... Um, to legalize weather modification. It, it amazes me how the well, hubris of these seven. politicians that's, that believe that somehow they own the weather... But can you give me, Paula, an example, maybe okay, a, just I'll a tangible you. example of how the government, in your mind, can control the weather? Cause, okay, I mean, I'll see give you an example, okay? Yeah. Our meteorologists here saw what happened when our hurricanes came here with Katrina and all that. There were two lines coming right down, chemical trails coming right down the state of Florida. Oh, there no. There was a crisscross in the middle. Then there were some also over in the Gulf, okay? As a matter of <laughs> fact, Japan, 
Japan actually came on the air and said they actually helped with this. Now, why would the politicians want... They did. Um, they actually admitted They were proud of it. They admitted it on the air. I heard it. Sure, Paul. Mark has a question Why did the politicians you? want to uh, uh, cream Florida with uh, four hurricanes in one year? It was to bring martial law. That's what Where's the martial law? But the martial yeah, law didn't come. That's what come. they were trying to do with New Orleans, was try to bring martial I, law. I, I was right there <laughs> in uh, Sarasota, and I didn't see the troops going into to Punta Gorda or anything. I'm they, no, I said in New Orleans. Now, hold on. Now, that, now, the chemtrail stuff to is to just total nonsense, law. Paula. And here's what I want to know, though, just to try to maybe I know understand people it. people that live there, okay? And what, I know is the purpose of the, what is the purpose of the chemical trails? Is it to okay, modify the weather or to poison people? This is going to affect the weather and your crops. It says here it'll change agricultural crop production cycles, microclimates, while reducing crop production and water availability. So, the, so now you're not one of the chemtrail kooks that believes it's going to poison people. Is that correct? Hey, we had a we had a bacterial infection that was just spread by the chemtrails. Everybody here got sick. So what you're saying is the government wants to kill its own people? They want everybody dead except 500 million worldwide. Why wouldn't they just walk them in the gas chambers? I don't know, but they have their way of doing this, okay? I mean, everybody here got very, very sick. Paula, now, wait a minute. Here's what you need to think about. They're giving out flu viruses to the young and the old for free. Why don't they just kill them with those? Are you saying why would some? They've got the HIV and the AIDS and the cancer cells in the vaccinations. Why would somebody get? I've been wondering where this fleshing virus that's working on my shoulders came came from. Okay, Paula. Why would some government bureaucrat? Now we understand that they're heartless and you know awful. Why, Paula? Paula, just a quick question here. Can you imagine for one moment? Now you have four kids, right? Yeah. Okay. I understand. But can you imagine that your four kids were still living in Florida and you were a government bureaucrat who was going to get up there and fly the chemtrail plane and drop all these evil chemicals allegedly on the people of Florida? You'd be dropping chemtrails on your kids, Paula. Would you actually go up and do that? Do you realize who's running our government? Um, Okay, we're under control. People people without families? I mean, what are you talking about? Okay, we have a country that wants us out of the picture. There's a Middle Eastern country over in the Middle East that wants us totally out of the picture. Who's us? The United the, the States. People. Or all the Israelites. <laughs> wow, so I don't know how you do it, Paula. Behind. I really they're, don't know how you do they it. They are behind this war. They have our president totally under their control. So you're saying They tell him what to do. So you're saying the Jews run the United States? They don't run it, huh? They want us out of the picture. Matter of fact, I've got the article from Abigail Lieberman. You've got all kinds of family. articles, and I'm sure you'll tell us about it some other time. Thank, Thank you, Paul. Oh, my gosh. She's still going. I mean, she. I she, hadn't heard the Jewish stuff though before. Is that new? I've never heard it all tied in together like that. She's just out of control. Something about a mis- Middle Eastern country. Nonsense, crack pottery. <laughs> but she's fun. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Can you imagine being married to her? More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airways via the toll-free number 800-259-9231. Even in these remaining moments, just enough time for your call. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. Features for free. You like the show. You want to help support Free Talk Live? Then go shopping at amazon.freetalklive.com. We know you've got holiday shopping to do. Uh, it's not too late to get, I think it's still I think it's still not quite too late to get uh, delivery by Christmas time. So head on over to Amazon. 
Amazon.freetalklive.com to get your shopping done. No need to go into the stores and deal with traffic and parking and uh, angry customers and all of that. Just go to Amazon.freetalklive.com. 41 categories to shop in. New or used, it doesn't matter what you buy. Load it into your cart, check out, and feel good knowing that not only did you get the stuff you needed, but Free Talk Live also got a percentage of your sale. That's Amazon.freetalklive.com. Adam and Eve, AdamEve.com features over 18 thousand adult entertainment products over 350 movies starting at just four dollars 95 cents fast street uh, fast and discreet shipping 100 percent satisfaction guarantee go to adameve.com slash talk to find out more that's adameve.com slash talk i mentioned we were going to talk about this rape case that has to do with the contractors over in iraq pretty disturbing story uh, from ABC News, a Houston, Texas woman says she was gang-raped by Halliburton KBR co-workers in Baghdad and that the company and the U.S. government are now actively covering up the incident. Jamie Lee Jones, who's now 22, says that after she was raped by multiple men at a KBR camp in the Green Zone, the company put her under guard in a shipping container with a bed and warned her that if she left Iraq for medical treatment, she'd be out of a job. Jones says she was told, don't plan on working back in Iraq. There won't be a position here, and there won't be a position in Houston. In a lawsuit filed in federal court against Halliburton and its then-subsidiary KBR, Jones says she was held in the shipping container for at least 24 hours without food or water by KBR, which posted armed security guards outside her door who would not let her leave. Quite a story. She says it felt like prison who told her story to ABC News as part of a 2020 investigation. I was upset, curled up in a ball on the bed. I just couldn't believe what had happened. Finally, Jones says she convinced a sympathetic guard to loan her a cell phone so she could uh, call her father in Texas. I said, Dad, I've been raped. I don't know what to do. I'm in this container and I'm not able to leave. Her father then called their congressman, Representative Ted Poe. Uh, Poe contacted the State Department and told them of the urgency of res- rescuing an American citizen. He says that the uh, State Department quickly dispatched agents from the U.S. Embassy in Baghdad to Jones's camp, where they rescued her from the container. So that claim was true. This woman was really being held in a, container. In a shipping container for at least 24 hours under guard by these, uh, by these contractors. Jones told ABCNews.com that an examination by Army doctors showed that she had been raped both vaginally and anally. Several attackers, uh, she claimed, first drugged her, then repeatedly raped and injured her, both physically and emotionally. Uh, But get this, the rape kit apparently mysteriously disappeared after it was handed over to KBR security officers. Why would they hand it over to them? That's the people that allegedly did it. That's all there is over there. It's either government, uh, the government bureaucrats or the, the private contractors. You're right. They're going to hand it to the Iraqis? And by the time the State Department had her, it was probably too late to do another rape kit. A spokesperson for the State Department's Bureau of Dip- uh, Diplomatic Security said he couldn't comment. I would think that the uh, Army doctor would be a, a good enough witness for that. I don't know, man. Maybe there It's maybe. hard to get justice against the government, though, and, and right. in this case, the government's thugs. Yeah, and in this case, it has to be even harder to get justice in a place where there's nothing else. I mean, that's all there is out there. This is American citizens. I believe that, uh, to some extent, our, at least our military courts have have jurisdiction. But a woman can point a finger in the United States to a large extent without very much physical evidence, only circumstantial evidence in a rape case, and many times will get a conviction. And I don't usually agree with how low we set the, the burden of proof mm-hmm. in sexual assault cases here. But in this case, I would, if she pointed to someone and said he was the one who did it or these were the ones who did it, I'd just 
I, if I was a judge, I'd charge him. Things have gotten better um, as far as rape goes. I mean, it's not good uh, by any stretch of the imagination. It's it's certainly terrible just to be accused of it if you didn't do it. But um, at the at the same time, you know, you need to you need to have resources for women to go because the rapes do occur. Well, and then what happens when the law? Now you're saying, Mark, you think the military courts could could take this case? It would seem like it to me. But what happens when they're either not interested or they claim that, well, we're sorry, but there's no jurisdiction? Here's the rest of the story. Uh, legal experts, or excuse me, over two years later, the Justice Department has brought no criminal charges in the matter. In fact, ABC News couldn't confirm any federal agency was even investigating the case. Legal experts say ju- because it would make them look bad. Right. I mean, right. ABC News What's got their exclusive. motivation to find that out. Legal expert says Jones alleged assailants will likely never face a judge and jury due to an enormous loophole that's effectively left contractors in Iraq beyond the reach of United States law. So even though these contractors are working for the government and subject to regulations and rules and contract with the government, somehow they're exempt from actually having to follow the government laws. Well, the military there. has no jurisdiction. Iraq's a sovereign country, so the civil courts in the United States have no jurisdiction. So this would have to be handled in an Iraq court? In an Iraqi court, but um, the United States, even though it, it's really not really legally binding in international law, the United States also says our contractors can't be tried under Iraqi law. Really? Yeah, they're so essentially they're above the law. Right, they're yeah. completely immune from any pers- uh, prosecution. That's what happened with Blackwater. They, we said we wouldn't let Iraq try the, the Blackwater employees involved in that shooting. Uh, according to the Franklin Pierce Law Center, it's very troubling. Dean John Houston says the way the law presently stands, I would say that they don't have, at least in the criminal system, the opportunity for justice. So there's just this woman has been raped and... Her captors and the criminals and the thugs, the rapists in this case, they're going to get off scot-free. Yeah, they're just continuing to work for the government, continuing to draw those sweet Blackwater paychecks. Um, and they're incredibly high compared to what well, the soldiers are getting, by the way. This wasn't Blackwater, though, just no. to correct you. This was KBR. Hallib- and Halliburton, right? Uh, well, K- Halliburton Sorry, owns, K- owned KBR at that time. Apparently, they have since divested themselves of it, so uh, th- there's that. According, asked what the reasons the departments gave for the apparent slowness of the probes, the representative, her representative from Texas, sounded frustrated. See, he gets to act like he cares, but frustrated that he can't really actually do anything. He says there have been several, I think, their excuses why the perpetrators haven't been prosecuted, but I think it's the responsibility of the government, the Justice Department, and State Department when crimes occur against American citizens overseas in Iraq, contractors that are paid by the American taxpayer, that we pursue the criminal cases as best as we possibly can, and that people are prosecuted. So he's right on that statement, but he knows that there's nothing he can do about it. So he can just, you know, position himself and act like he he gives a damn. Since no criminal charges have been filed, the only other option, according to Hudson, is the civil system, which is the approach that Jones is trying now. But Jones's former employer doesn't want this case to see the inside of a civil courtroom. KBR has moved for Jones's claim to be heard in private arbitration instead of a public courtroom. It says her employment contract requires it. So this is an interesting twist. In arbitration, it says there's no public record nor transcript of the proceedings, meaning that Jones's claims would not be heard before a judge and jury. Rather, a private arbitrator would decide Jones's case. In recent testimony before Congress, employment lawyer Catherine Ventral Munzes said that Halliburton won more than 80% of arbitration proceedings brought against it. Couldn't she just break her employment contract and get fired? I'm not sure. I, I don't know what her contract is like, so... 
It's hard to say. Now, this sort of makes it sound like arbitration is a bad thing uh, in that it, you know, is heavily favoring this this big corporation over their employees. We don't know what those cases were. And we don't know what the the arbitration, uh, you know, what the contract says. It's it's not right. like she necessarily would get to pick who the arbitrator would be. I mean, if they have a shill of an arbitrator, then what are you going to do about well, that? Well, and we also know that the arbitration market isn't as fleshed out as it would be in a true free market system without the government courts here. But the real story here is the failure of government. I mean, the, the arbitration's going to happen. You know, the arbitration's going to happen, and the answer's going to come down. Whatever. Well, since she's gone to the press, she'll likely get a settlement. And, right. And the, but the real tragedy is the fact that this is a real crime against a person that has been committed, and your loving government that is supposed to be protecting your freedoms and protecting your liberties is just sitting back saying, "Well, sorry, we've got a law loophole here. It looks like we don't can't do anything about this, ma'am." Well, you're just going to have to. We sure can continue raping. to employ. Um, KBR. Yeah. Continue right. to write him checks. Yeah, I, keep employing those same guys, too. Have the assailants been named um, publicly uh, at all? That's, and that is not made she probably clear. doesn't even know. That, well, yeah, quite possibly she doesn't know their names, but that would be really the one thing you could do to them is publish their names. We're um, short on time here. Let's go to, uh, to Jeff in Kentucky. Uh, Jeff, quick comment. you got about 20, 30 seconds. Hey, uh, this is not the first case that's been going on like this. There's something called command rape, and Suzanne Swift, she was a PFC in the military, had the exact same thing happen to her by her military superiors. Did and anything happen? Fighting, no, they're still fighting out in court battles, and there was another woman besides Suzanne Swift. Her name's Lavana Johnson, and she committed suicide in Iraq after being raped. Unfortunately, there is a lot of that, uh, a lot of this sort of, uh, they describe it here as a boys-will-be-boys atmosphere that's in right. the company barracks, and uh, it right. just does not sound like a friendly place for, f- for females to be. Uh, I wish we had more time for you, man. Call us back tomorrow night if you like. It has no been problem. Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. Just another disturbing story and yet another reason why the U.S. military doesn't need to be anywhere near these other countries. Uh, more tomorrow night. See online at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.